Welcome to episode 46 of the Varangian Heresy Podcast. My name is Jody, and with me, as always, are my two delicious and delectable co-hosts. Uh, first of all, on my imaginary left is Chris. How are you doing, buddy? Um, not bad, actually. Good. This not is bad. good to hear. Well, for once. For once. Know. Well, the, you know, <laughs> the law of averages says it's going to happen sometime, bud. You know, you've got to be ready for these yeah. sorts of things. Yeah, it was a bit of a shock, but, uh, you know... I think we'll get through it. you got a soldier on, bud. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Soldier on through how, it. How are you yourself, then? Me? I am... Uh, I'm doing... Um, uh, I'm, I'm in some sort of manic paint-fumed, glue-fumed frenzy, and I have a cold as well, so I apologise for the fact that I'll be sniffling during tonight's episode, and there will be hobby noises as well. Uh, but these ones are definitely unavoidable, because, you know... You know, like that. that wasn't me. <laughs> because... well, that, was just to, that was just to prepare people for the for that there might be lesser hobby noises than that, and that yeah, the, great, the, 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 the greatest the greatest spotted lesser hobby noise. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I'm good, mate. I'm I guess good. Uh, I guess at least half of the listeners have turned off by now. <sighs> What's the other one going to do? Um, so uh, yeah, I, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm like I said, full of cold, painting like a crazy person, building stuff like a crazy person for a certain event that's coming up very very soon, which we will be talking about in a little bit. So uh, yeah, I'm doing all right. And I have to say, on my right, my virtual right hand side, is the man himself, the international man of heresy, the the crown prince who sits above the throne or, or upon the throne, not above it because that would be weird, on the throne of uh, 30k here in Sweden. It's the man, the legend, the uh, the very well recognised internationally, Mr. Freddy. How you doing, buddy? I am doing pretty well. Can't yeah. complain. Can't complain. fucking awesome. Can't complain. You're doing it wrong. Uh, well, I'm not Swedish enough, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So busy, busy, busy. busy Fuck man, stressed, stressed as a motherfucker, but you no, know, such is life. Yeah, such is life, my friend. Such yeah, is life. Yeah, you know, work hard, play hard, heresy even harder. Uh, th- yeah, there, there, there is, there is no life. There is only heresy. Her- and heresy is life. Exactly. And there's a piece just dropped on the floor. Ah, fuck it. Um, okay, so tonight, well, actually, before we begin, let's get the social medias out of the way because they are important. Because we do like you to follow us and stalk us in the most productive way possible. Uh, we have our Facebook page, which is the Vrangian Heresy Podcast. Come on over, give us a like and see what we're doing, especially with the up weekend coming up because it's going to be busy, busy, busy. Uh, then we have our podcast group, which is the Virgin Heresy podcast group. It's snappy, it's dynamic, it's a fantastically original title, and it's ours. And it's uh, it's got works of uh, whip shots in there. It's got other cool stuff going on in there. Just come along and join the fun and get involved. We have our Twitter, which is uh, at Varangian Heresy. We have our Instagram at some point, which is Varangian Heresy. And most importantly, we have our email address, which is 
theveranginheresy at gmail.com and you can reach us on that if you have lists you want reviewed, if you have topics you want us to discuss, if you have things you want to tell us we got wrong or we may suck at or whatever it might be, just send us an email, we will read it. If it's overly abusive, we will definitely read it and maybe do it in a funny voice. So let's just see what happens. So yes, everybody's doing alright otherwise this evening? Yeah. Yeah. I just gonna want to say that uh, someone has got a new Instagram account as well, don't they? I might do. I might do. Uh, it might be tied to many other things that I've got going on that are new at the moment. Um, but yes, uh, I've I I have well I have painting chap. It's still there. It just happens to be um, it's been sort of moved over, repurposed, um, repurposed for for an upcoming project which. Well, if you don't mind me talking about it, I'll get it out of the way now. Uh, yeah, I thought we could uh, get it out of the way, basically. Awesome. awesome. Well, so then, Nevenda Project. Nevenda Project, yes. Well, Project. Uh, let me get mine out of the way first, then you get you get to have a go then, Chris. I'm yep. I'm starting up a painting commission service. Uh, it's called Painting Chap, and there is a, or there will be a website, which will be paintingchap.com. I'll be doing commission painting for all games, uh, miniature games, uh pretty much anything really um as well as terrain building and other fun creative stuff um i've also heard something about uh, some dress up and uh, japanese beard fondling magazines hey hey that's a surprise for everybody but yes there, there, <laughs> there, there will be um there will be a degree of uh, of other projects that will be going on as well but um oh son of a bitch yep i will be doing that um, it will be uh, starting officially uh, up and running as of next Monday, so the Monday after uh, after Scandus. Uh, everything gets launched properly then. But uh, yeah, you'll be able to follow me on Instagram, and it will be uh, something that's going to get shouted out a bit here on the show, here and there. And you know, yeah, get in touch. And if you want to get in touch, just you can always drop me an email. But I will. Do all the proper introductions after after Scandus because that's what it needs to be done. So um, yeah, and you you have some social media stuff as well, don't you? Yeah, but those are quite ancient by social media standards. But it's my blog. MySpace page. No, it's, it's not. It's not that ancient. It's neither is it's uh, for the Swedish. What is, this, what is this MySpace you talk of? Sorry, Chris. I, I know. Uh, well, I could also say it's neither. Also not uh, like a Luna Storm account. Oh what, bloody hell! Okay, I, I was just going to pick on him, but there's no need to be that harsh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Frank, Frank is the only one that still got one, I guess. Probably. Um... Probably. I haven't seen any use for it since it came out, like when I went to high school. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I joined uh, that one when I went on an English learner trip to the UK when I was 15. Hey, we, we, we were responsible for most bad social media dis, uh, decisions, you know, and apps and stuff. So, yeah, that sounds about right. But anyway, you were saying... I remember quite a lot of Stella, though. <laughs> what, a lady, of... what a lady she was. Um, sorry, oh, no, sorry. Yeah, completely but, different. Uh, I'm going to start up writing for my blog again. Awesome. And that's uh, com or ProjectNevendar on Facebook. Or at ProjectNevendar on Instagram, because I... Really, really purpose my Instagram as well for that. Okay. All about and, uh, making there will be a couple of articles and uh, how tos and a bit of conversion articles, awesome. stuff like that. I also take requests if you want to a certain article. if you see something I've done 
and want to know how it's done, I could write an article about it. Awesome. It's so, all, very, all very hobby-themed right now, isn't it? Yeah, well, is... it's uh, a bit of a resurgence with uh, events going on and stuff, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just, just one or two events, you know, nothing, nothing super important and, uh, you know, crazy like, you know, big events happening this weekend, for example. Nothing like that. Yeah. I know. Well, no, I, no, normally, had... I'm not not this quiet, but I'm so fucking focused. Here. <laughs> I've had a, I've had had got, I've gone through hell painting these two seekers for the event. Yeah, Prison Brassen, <laughs> two freaking seekers, Prison Brassen. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> speaking of speaking of hobby and being busy. Yeah. Freddie, what's the latest on the night uh, raffle? Oh yeah. Uh, the latest is that we are a hundred. What, what does it say? A hundred and ten some. Hundred and plus. It says uh, just a hundred percent plus currently, and then it's flashing. So. Oh yeah. Well, it means that we have. Well, we managed to reach our goal that we set out for the night raffle, but now, now it's all about you know racing to see how much more we can get in besides the goal. Yeah, and uh, it's like exciting. Currently, oh, yes. we, it, the target is uh, surpassed by two hundred and fifty dollars, which is awesome. Um, very nice. And I will say, you to to the listeners, you have seen by now, or as with the time of recording, you will have seen two of the three night houses. Uh, by the time this is probably published, you will have seen the third night house as well. So I hope that that will give you a, a more of a another reason to go out and buy even more tickets when you see the, the third night house because I finished, yay! Uh, but I'll save that for hobby talk later. <laughs> yeah, it's fully funded, but there's no reason to stop donating, as we said. Just be, because there's still raffle tickets up for grabs. Yeah, yeah the first target's uh, been hit. Let's smash it. Let's, let's go for another one. Yeah, it's not about, you know, fully funding anything. It's about just smashing up more money for uh, research. Yeah. It's just a, a goal we set because we want, we like, well, maybe I am super fucked up in my head but I'm very goal orientated so I needed some sort of goal for the community and everyone's just got behind that goal and we just fucking destroyed it so exactly it's pretty fucking, it's pretty fucking amazing and I'm I'm pretty happy if I wasn't fucking holding one Perferon Mega Blaster in one hand and gold on my fingers and you'd be holding something else in joy <laughs> I'd be holding something else in joy I'm okay. trying to with my elbow, but it's, it's, an, awkward, it's an awkward painting position in in the laundry. It, it, it doesn't it doesn't make for a good armrest, is what you're you saying. you really didn't have to sit inside of the washer, you know. Hey, if he's, he's been sitting inside the tumble dryer, it makes the paint dry quicker. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to clean up my dirty mind. That's why I'm in there. That's what my missus said anyway. Seriously, <laughs> jet washes and bleach would never do that, buddy. Come on, let's be fair. No, but actually, I found like you can go to a pet shop and you can get they they have like a special. Um, hang on, do we need, hang on, hang on, hang on. Do we need a parental advisory here before we go into this? Is is, is this like uh, an RFI puppy story? Uh, no. Good. Okay. Continue. Sorry, what do they no, sell at it, pet shops? No, it's like a special special gel and shit that basically you put it like let's say you have a. You accidentally had a bit too rough night with your missus or whatever uh-huh. in the bed, and it's it's totally destroyed. And then you can put this gel on there, and it kind of soaks it up. 
Okay. And it takes like everything. It's like specialties like blood and, and you know. So you've had a, you've had a full Serena D'Angelo's night, and now you need to clean up the evidence. You go and get this stuff, yeah. and you clean it up. Yeah, because otherwise, they, usually the mattress are totally fucked. But this actually works. So you spray and it's, it and it's actually cheaper than buying new mattresses, eh? That's true. I'm going to say, uh, as a father of young children, I'm going to say one thing. Rubber sheets. Just saying. But, uh, you know... To be, fair, to be fair, you have had those for way longer. You promised you'd never mention that, Chris. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what you're telling confidence will inevitably... When it stays between these four walls and the, between four walls and a Skype connection, I didn't mean this Skype connection, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Jesus, dude. Right, okay. So, summary. summary. Uh, night, picture, night pictures are up, uh, night pictures are coming, uh, videos of the night are coming, and the raffle itself will draw to a close on Saturday this week. And the, and the nights will be going into action against each other on the weekend and there will be more nights and you will see the nights and you can hear the nights and they'll be shooting and they'll be rolling dice and probably stomping on Fulgrim at some stage. Oh yes, if I have anything to do with it, they will be jumping up and down on his head. And uh, as we said, there's still raffle tickets up grabs up yeah. until well, just think... a short bit before the actual raffle is uh, run. It's it's kind of my hope that if I buy the raffle ticket the last possible second, that will just annoy the random number generator to pick the last one, which would be me. However, I say this with all honesty that I have nothing to do with the drawing process. So if, any, if I do actually win anything, it has nothing to do with what I just said. Just want to get that out there before anybody accuses me of fixing shit. Well, <laughs> we, we, we can also say ironically, ironically, would be if you win your own iPad. This is true. This is true. Yeah. Especially after oh, uh, we, we can also say that. It might not be that Jody will get to keep the night house if he actually wins it. Uh -huh. Hey, wait, what? Wait, I, I do not agree to this. What the hell? <laughs> so, we do terms and conditions, man. Oh, shit. Would you, fucking terms and conditions. You're all right, fine. Whatever. Right. That just made up. Still... I can live with that. Okay, so that's Night Raffle. Should we talk about new stuff? Because we've got lots of No, we of should stuff. talk about another charity first. Should we? Yeah, all right. Go on then. Because we like them. Because we love them. Uh, shall we shout out the? We'll shout out the MKA Soldier on charity. Yes, that's important. Uh, so for those of it's you, it's also who, coming to drawing to close, isn't it? It is. It's. Uh, oh, I don't have the details in front of me. I believe it's sort of middle of October. I think is the, the finish time. Um, I think it's the week after Scandus. Uh, but do not hold me to that. The best thing to do is to actually go and check it out. Uh, go and check it out at the MKA Studios Facebook page. Um, there will be a link in the show notes, and the guys are doing a giveaway, or a charity raffle, in support of Soldier On, which is a very important uh, charity that supports returning veterans in, in Oz, is that right, Freddie? That is correct. Is it just Oz, or is it the uh, Australia, Australasia territories as well? Uh, what? Australasia? <laughs> Australasia no, no, area. It's just, uh, yeah. No, it, it's, uh, it's for Australia. For returning servicemen in uh, in Australia. Okay, which awesome. obviously I'm, I'm, I'm extremely biased of. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, no, so it's really good. Like it's uh, you know helping out returning service veterans that have uh, issues or experience trauma in, in any conflicts and stuff. It's, yeah. it's uh, you know it's it's an awesome charity. Definitely worth getting behind. You know, it's a damn worthwhile cause. Yeah, help those in need. Yeah. That's what we do. 
and I've already secured a bunch of Rangian Heresy raffle tickets, so you get in there and uh, make sure that I don't get my Stormbird painted purple. <laughs> I can also mention that uh, they have raised uh, $11,210 dues at the target. Awesome. That's brilliant. Up to date, and there's a few weeks left on the. Did it, does it say what the target was by any chance? Uh, twenty. Oh, 20. Okay, guys. So come on, you help. We've you've helped us hit the target. Now it's time to help them hit the target. You yeah. buy another and ticket with uh, us. Buy, ten, a... buy, buy a dozen for them. Yeah, and it's a tenner a ticket. Yeah, so. ten, ten Aussie dollars per ticket, which has got to be like the equivalent of a packet of crisps in some country. Um, so you know, it's not going to be super expensive. So get out there, get a ticket, and then you can win yourself a Sokar Patam Stormbird painted by uh, the MKA team, which is Andy Wardle, Matthew Kane, and Henry Steele uh, in the Legion colours of your choice. So you get to make sure that when you actually buy a ticket, you know which Legion you want it in, and they will do that for you. Um, and that's a freaking awesome prize, because that's a Sokar Patam Stormbird. That is not a small yeah. chunk of resin. Also... An update that we haven't mentioned before. Yep. I think it's been there for a while. Uh, tagged events, which is one of the sponsors of the, the painting masterclass and stuff and so on, uh, is paying for the postage cost on behalf of the winner. Oh, that's awesome! Because that was part of the original uh, terms the original and conditions. Was, uh, yeah, original was uh, winner pays for the. That's awesome! Oh, big shout out to uh, Mr. Hollis and that over there doing the uh, and tagged events for doing such an awesome thing. That's top of you guys thank you very much so you could just uh, buy a ticket for tenner that doesn't that wouldn't set you back, back much and you would might win a soccer pattern stormbird that's get shipped to you for free just imagine the size of the box that's going to show up at your door or in, in most of our cases with a, with a with a pay with a pickup slip <laughs> I don't know, in Sweden it will probably just get a notification that you have to pay tax for it. But Yeah, yeah there is that too. Or, or the other, other notification. Your, uh, this this box was opened in transit or damaged in transit and you basically just get a piece of cardboard. <laughs> Chris, Chris, yeah? stuff like that gives me nightmares. Shush. <laughs> don't say things like that. Bad Christopher. Hello? Bad Christopher. <laughs> That's what happened to the cars, uh, like the cards I sent to the TFL guys. Yeah, but with but, due respect, but they the... Matt, like so they even put in the effort of giving the empty box to Chris. How nice, Chris, 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 pretty. Oh shit, really? Oh, okay. But I, I, I'm just gonna mention this. They had an, a little accident. Our lovely post node a week ago, so ago, where basically managed to dump an entire tire lorry load of packages on the road. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Because it mysteriously opened during transit. Ah, uh, yeah. No, no yeah. conspiracy theories here, ladies and gentlemen. Just good old-fashioned... Oh, stupidity, basically. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going for. <laughs> um, yeah, classic. Uh, well, that is an awesome prize, an awesome, an absolutely awesome reason to be uh, doing something and for supporting a cause so get out there guys give the cause your support get yourself a chance with the, to win a SoCar Patton Stormbird and just think about how much your enemies are going to love seeing that bugger fly onto the table Which... and uh, I can I'm going to do a small spoiler for next year oh. you can you, well you can use it as terrain for one event and in combat as another event this is true 
uh, and I'm going to try and now rescue this this segue into new stuff because we're oh. talking about one big bird, and now we're going to talk about another big bird. I'm going to talk about the most important thing that was released from Forgeworld well, last course, Friday. I, I hope you're talking about the one, the only, the most awesome flyer in the game. Yeah, the Aris Lighter. Yeah, exactly. It's back, baby. <laughs> This and, is what we like to see. The Arvis is back in, back in, back in availability. Uh, and and we, we should uh, get uh, Eric back on, and he can talk about the five or whatever he has. Yeah, I need yeah. five. I, I, I don't have, know why. I just need five. I have no reason to have them, but just like you, Chris, I want them because it's yeah, a pretty little bird. I, I could just pay points upgrades and drop Castlex or Vorax with them. Oh yuck! Right, okay. Well, just use them as standard and have hoplites or pentas in them. Okay, yeah. Well, your reason is just nasty. Uh, <laughs> I have been facing that all week, so all, all weekend, so. Yeah. I was just going to go because they're cool. Now we just need the Aquila Lander to be re-released. Yeah, it could happen. Yeah, that that one is lovely. Ah, it's I mean... uh, basically nothing for that player. Got a motor cannon if you're lucky. Oh, fair the, enough. The one, the one thing I love the most with all these uh, Fortwells releases is that every single time Fortwell released something, you always see fucking Josh <laughs> uh, posting a Fortwell Facebook page. It's like, oh, that doesn't look like a Gorgon heavy assault transport. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, almost like seeing uh, all of those rumor posts that uh, G Dubs put up. On the Warhammer pages, yeah. and it is inevitably the first ten posts are basically, look, it's uh, uh, sisters, sisters of battle in a thunder hope with the lion riding on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> or, or any combination about of those. Yeah, well, they went, well, screw you guys then. You've all ruined it, so we're just gonna fuck it up ourselves. Uh, yeah, no, that was just, just, yeah. <sighs> yeah, but it's really nice, a positive. In pair of armor's lighter. It's a yeah. lovely, lovely little flyer. It is absolutely gorgeous. And but you can, now he has the Gorgon. Yeah, the yeah. Gorgon needs a release. And speaking of that, the the Dominus Siege Bombard needs a release from the beginning. Would be nice, because, wouldn't it? Because the Praetor and the Crassus are released, but the Dominus isn't. Well, you're just gonna have to make do for now, Chris. I think I think this is Forge World's kindness to us. Is like here, all right, all right, well done. Pat you on the head. You can have the Arvis lighter. Now you just have to. You wait. can have that back. <laughs> you can have that back. Yeah, you've played well with others for a while. You can have this back now. Just don't break anything. Yeah, because we do that perfectly well on our own. Yeah, don't be just. Speaking of, <laughs> we're not 40k players, though. We don't break it. That. No, we're talking about Forge World. Yeah. Because speaking of, uh, yeah, the giant uh, Nimrod. Yeah, I'm not sure what the hell they were thinking with this one. Uh, but it's a good alternative for a glaive, points-wise. Yeah, it's much more points efficient than a glaive, apparently. Mm, pretty much. So, do you want to? Should we stop? Talking around it and just mention what we're... Yeah, the giant golden flying penis fortress. Uh, yeah, the, totally we're not supposed to be a Tau model until they realise that Custards needed a super heavy flyer. Yeah, the... Uh, what is it called again? Let's have a look. The Orion Assault Dropship. That one. 
605 points of golden screw you. And 275 pounds of resin. Pounds cost, not weight, because that would be super ridiculous. It would be, but at least then you would have deserve to use it if you bring it to the table. True. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm looking at it, and do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the... Um... Mantra. No, well, yes, but it reminds me of... Uh, do you remember Deep Space Nine? Yeah. Uh, I've seen one episode. You want to see one episode. It was the the, fly, the the their sort of mini starship that they had, uh, and I can't think the fucking name of it now. Um, it looks a bit like the APC from Aliens with engine gondolas on the side. That too. But, um, that are basically just jet bikes. Yeah, but it just reminds me that that <laughs> ship. Well, yeah, it just. I don't know. It's 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 pretty hardcore. Um, I mean, to be fair though, as a super heavy, it's only got seven hull points. I think it's. Yeah, uh, there are some rooms that can make up for it. Yeah, it's it's pretty lightly armed uh... in the rear as well, actually, if I remember rightly. Yeah, it's, it's 13, 12, 11, seven hull points. Technically a, uh, technically a what do you call it? Strastus assault ram's got a better chance of uh, surviving shots to the rear and the side because that's AV 13 all around. But being a super heavy, um, you know, results yeah. of a six are what fuck it up. It, it's also with an 18, but at least skill of five. Yeah, there it is that. Is, uh, pretty harsh. I don't think the Cestus has 13 in the rear. I thought it was 13 all around. No, I think it's 13 to the front and the side. And then well, I'll, I'll double check just for just for. Uh, yeah, but things. it doesn't really matter. Oh, it's but nice it's, right. it's, it's a super heavy flyer with hover and transport. That we come, let's get back to that later. Yeah. It's got uh, two Arachnus pattern heavy blaze cannons, two nose mounted twin linked lastroom bolt cannons, two speakless heavy bolt launchers, and it doesn't have a D weapon like the Thunderhawk, but it's also way cheaper. And we can't let, we want to get, get to that. And then it gets uh, upgrades that you usually pay for, for on a flyer, which is extra armor, armor, ceramite, and all of that. And it's got an armor cockpit. Yeah. Because why not? Exactly. And it's an assault vehicle because everyone has really been waiting for the custards to get an assault vehicle. Because they need one, right? Yeah. It's also the storm eagle. But assault vehicle is a super heavy. It doesn't even need to have an assault vehicle. Sorry, I stand corrected. 13, 13, 11. My bad. 11. It also got the, the grab backwash rule from the javelins. Yeah, which is nasty. <laughs> which is the minus two hit in close combat, yeah. if you manage to get get to it in close combat. And deep strike. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just disheartened by this flare for some reason. Yeah, I can understand that. I can understand uh, that. As we said, uh, mentioned earlier, uh, the Renault Assault Dropship has a transport capaci capacity of 24 models, which may, be, which may include a single Custer's Contemporary Achilles or uh, Galatus Dreadnought, count as 10 models each. So technically yep. you can run two of them out of there? Uh, no, it says a single Custer's. Or... A single's, right, okay. So it's one, one that is mentioned, uh, 10 models each is because each of them counts as 10 models, regardless of which one you choose. Ah, okay, fair enough. It's a, say, that that it's sounded a quite horrible wording, then. But, it's a tricky wording, but 
let's go through it while we sit there. Yeah. But that's why that's uh, a reason why you don't really need a D weapon on the Orion because you can just drop a dreadnought with a D weapon. I was going to say you can run a D weapon dreadnought out, can't you? Hmm? I ick. <laughs> Holy crap! Uh... And it's a lot, lot of war choice for Talos of Emperor. Yeah. But they didn't have anything really taking up a Lord of War choice in the first place. Well, Talos of the Emperor lead your custodes, uh, so you can't take it for Sisters of Silence. You can't? I thought you can. Uh, no, it's just uh, it's a uh, test for lead your custodes, so you have to ma take a prim primary HQ as lead your custodes. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and it's because it, speci it specifies Talos of the Emperor lead your custodes. Oh, it's actually got uh, Colon Legion, Legion Custos, so it's not just Talons of the Emperor, Stroke no. Legion Custos. Oh, okay. Oh, fair enough. That's and all of the, and, uh, Do you want to mention the little... No. Nice little... No, no, okay. You can mention it, because it makes me... Yeah. Well, it's got the macro airstrike, which works as a regular airstrike that uh, the everyone can take in a Custos army. But it's also got... Uh, uh, Lovely, with the thing that uh, fucks up interceptor for people shooting at you. Yeah, the one defense you may have, one, one active uh, way of getting the boot in to this thing, yeah. and you don't get it on a four up. I think is it? Uh, if an dies results in a three or less. Yeah. But it uh, that it that that you may not make an interceptor attack that turn, but may fire as normal in the next shooting phase. So you lose your entire shooting phase if you miss, miss the draw. Yeah, I mean it's it's not it's not awesome to go up against, but uh, yeah. Sorry, Chris, go on, mate. Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to mention that the the area strike becomes quite the large area for this larger model. Oh yeah. Then it's also got a modified flare shield, which uh... which it needs, right? Yeah. It. If a shooting attack target in the Ryan's front arc inflicts a glancing hit on or penetrating hit on any weapon attack, then the Ryan immediately gains the shrouded special rules against all subsequent shooting attacks targeting it in the front arc during the same phase. Okay, so basically when it comes on, unless you've got something that's particularly pointed at its rear or its side, it's going to have a lot of cover. <laughs> yeah, and uh, if you manage to roll well enough to avoid the interceptor blocking thingy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, good that they didn't find any more realistic attack on this one, but hey, we'll see what happens with it. What, you mean like it's good that they didn't... Oh, no. Wait. No, it's got deep strike. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, Fuck. Well, it's a flyer, it should have. Yeah, no, I just... <laughs> for me, it just, it just... It was just sounding okay. Ish. No, you just have to take the, the, the sky shield landing pad so you can start on the table. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, okay. Big. And, uh, and because then you can have it shielded until it's ready to fly away. Uh. I thought I thought there was uh, only certain sizes you were allowed to put on the landing. Yeah, but you, on a sky shield you can put up to a thunderhawk. Otherwise, that's pretty harsh. Yeah. Uh, but uh, to be fair, if you, it would be make way more sense if they limited Thunderhawk to the same that the Stormbird gets. But uh, yeah, fair enough. 
Rules wise, you can take a Thunderhawk on a Sky Shield. Well, I, I, I will say this. As, I'm looking forward to seeing it in the wild. As somebody actually running it somewhere. And then finding out how it how it plays out. Uh, because it is possible to, to fire it down. It's just got a lot of rules that might make it difficult. Yeah. Um, I reckon it's one of these that are more annoying on paper. Yeah, I think so. But still, it might not be what everyone else wanted the custards to have. No. No, I, well, personally, not something I'd like to see them have uh, because I don't think they need it. Uh, well, to, I am one of those that are in the camp of the custard shouldn't have their own army list, other than true. allies. But this that's is true. my personal opinions. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm not sold on them as their own army at the moment, but we'll 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 see. Well, uh, I, as I've read Master of Mankind, I'm so sold on. Oh, and the War of the Webway, they're fucking amazing. Yes, totally. Yeah. They're awesome. But then uh, you have to basically have opponents that can do enough damage as well. To well, maybe that's what we'll get with demons, if when they bring them out. We'll see. Well, they, they could just give us one demon that could basically defeat them. Well, they gave us Samus, didn't they? And he's, 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 he can get taken down he's, by a dude with a piece of, with a piece of glass. Uh, yeah, I was thinking of uh, Drachnion. Oh yeah, fair point. Uh, okay. Just, just spoiler. Possessing a titan is cool. End spoiler. <laughs> that, but I don't think there's any argument that that, that that's that, that's that isn't cool. It's it is that simple. Rule of cool. That is cool. Uh, yeah. It, it was it a warlord or was it a warhound or? It possessed a reaver to kill a warlord. Oh, I think it was. Brilliant. Next time I make it an Imperator, then we'll be impressed. But uh, the Warlord was already pretty fucked up. Yeah. But uh, the Warlord was also shot in the side or rear by its... Basically, it some, its brother. It, it took one it in the rear. Some <laughs> rear action Sorry. going on there. <clears throat> yeah. it, it was too bad that while that was going on, the, the Imperators were just running around Imperial Palace messing up the, the plans of the council. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, go on, I dare you, fuck you. <laughs> Brilliant. You can't, you, you can't read the Titan Legions. This is so true. Uh, so At least let... not when they're in the Imperial Palace. <laughs> oh, that's true, you really can't. Uh, <laughs> I... So, where, where were we? Where are we? We're, we're, we're about to talk about hobby, what we've been up to, because that's hobby important for progress. us. To, yeah, and uh, that's important. So I think I think it's important that, Chris, you and I are going to start, because apart from the fact that Freddy always always has a lot done, it's uh, it's important for us to get stuff out of the way, because we really he really needs to go through some of the, the stuff that he's talked about. Uh, His he's done. His, well, let's be fair, that could take a while. Um so let's that's from um, an entirely different podcast exactly uh, so I can talk about my un, unmaxedness unmaxedness yeah but that's not that's not a bad thing though <laughs> true exactly to the, to the max and not not and, and under maxed and to be max is basically becoming a noun or a, or a verb isn't he to max. It's uh, it's one of those uh, words that has a multiple purpose now. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, like, I mean, it's cunt. in the English like 
Okay, fair enough. It's, it's, it's <laughs> I got nothing to go on after that. It's a know. verb, it's a noun, it's an adjective. It, it's a good word. It does everything. It, it sloses, it doses. Okay, so let's talk. Let's talk about... Um, let's talk about our start? hobby i'll start okay because i'm struggling for something here yeah i'll start so what have i been doing in the hobby oh shit what haven't i been doing in the hobby this week um i have literally just finished painting the night uh, the household of the night household macabius is done finitoed i'm gonna do an internet thing here and say pixar didn't happen Picks or it didn't happen. Okay, picks will be up tomorrow when I've got my light box done, and it's happened. So <laughs> they're pending. Picks pending, but it, it counts. Um, I've also done ninety percent of the work on Freddy's Warhound. That's done. His Thunderhawk has been t- uh, has been um, had some of the paint redone and transfers added. So that's tabletop ready. Uh, good to go. There is what else am I looking at? I have a Raven Guard commission in front of me at the moment, and it's making me want to cry because three Storm Eagles is just painful, um, but getting done at least. Um, so there's that. Uh, I have two boxes of terrain that are 90% painted and just need the last finishing touches on them, which is the uh, the uh, dust effect to be put on them. Uh, I have a very special piece of terrain that will be getting uh, put together and painted in desert colours for um, our uh, one of our tables for the event weekend, which is going to be fun. Oh, good lord! Um, At least say it like you mean it. It will be, yeah. Well, that'll be it'll be fun for the event. It's just uh, putting it together, yay! Um, but it's going to be awesome. It's going to be the shit. It's going to look fucking perfect, and. Yeah, uh, um, I'm basically living off a, a diet of cup of soups, glue fumes, and paint fumes. Oh, and I've got my Battlefleet Gothic fleet that needs to be painted as well. well that's not that's not hobby progress. Saying what you need to do. Oh fuck off! That's that. To I'm be fair, done... we also count purchases as hobby progress here. Like we, we've done that. Yeah, we have counted purchases. So so blow me, please. Um, <laughs> I could do with the love. Um, that is. That is set up. That that's what's got to be done, and I'm about to get that large clunk was my um, internet connection getting. Oh no, that's not connected anymore. That's fine. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's what I've been doing in the hobby, and that's what I'll be doing for the next 48 hours, <laughs> pretty much solidly, is getting all that done. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. Uh, have I played any games? Have I done anything else? Uh no no nothing nothing direct oh I went to build some terrain uh, last week with the guys in Malmo uh, helped build some terrain for their their setup down there which is looking mighty fine they're doing a good job down there and shout out to them for their upcoming event uh, which is a week after Scandus so yep yep otherwise that that's me um, yeah that's me in a nutshell in a sort of fetal position crying nutshell. And you, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> well, I bought an adapter so I can use my microphone with my phone. That's hobby progress, right? Because that's it's, it's, for the weekend. It's, it's related, yeah. We'll give that as hobby progress. We'll count that. I, hmm. Well, I worked on a map for the... Well, both that will serve for both uh, Scandas and uh, next year. Yep. But that, more of that to come during the weekend. So there, there, there was a bit of a... Well, there was a lot of stuff to 
that I had to redo on that map because the first uh, water effect that I used uh, was quite messed up and basically when I it never really cured properly and when I removed it it took away most of the basing. Ooh. So I had to redo all of that. But currently it looks quite all right. Hey. It's the new water effect is curing. Good. Let's see what happens. I painted seekers. I've done a brochure and I've done other printed stuff for the weekend. Yeah. That is Candace after the weekend. And I've put together and primed one Secretary I Peltast. It's the one that counts, Chris. Yeah. It's the one that counts. That's the important thing. Never forget and, uh, that. And I've been quite busy with schoolwork, which is why I haven't done much more. Except playing like 25 hours of Battlefield Gothic on the computer. Okay, fair enough. Uh, might want to leave with that next time. Just because it's Gothic and it's awesome. Just saying. Yeah. Oh, well, I've also done the final stages of my Battlefield Gothic ships that will be used on uh, Friday. It's really nice. Yeah, and I, I just have to be fessing through my Battlefleet Gothic ships right now going, <laughs> Well, to be fair, you have had quite a lot more to paint than I have. Uh, a touch, yes. But it's, it's not about how what you do, it's how you get there that counts. That's the important bit that it all gets there. So, yeah. I, I think, uh, is there anything else you want to mention, Hobby Progress, my friend? Or shall we, uh, shall we move it on? Well, n nothing that I can mention today because a lot of it is planning for next year that's true we haven't got we haven't got that far yet to uh, put it out to everybody uh, it will be presented during scandus and we will talk about it after scandus to present it to other people yeah we well. will it's going to be just to play to say it's going to be the awesome it's going to be two awesomes so yep. let's move it on freddy yes what you been doing bro Oh, you know me. Much. I know, that's so, why I'm uh, putting my feet up and getting a cup of tea so I can hear it all. Uh, no, I have been painting nights, more nights, and even more fucking nights. So many nights. Which is, you know, so I've come home from work and I do the homework with the kids and I do whatever the hockey and shit they have and shit, cook dinner, and as soon as they're in bed, out comes the nights and I paint as a motherfucker until I basically co collapse and drag myself to bed and then rinse repeat. But can you adopt me, Freddy? Oh, I want you to be my dad. Can you adopt me? Why? Why not? It sounds awesome. It's <laughs> not that old. Oh. Yeah. Fair That's enough. True. Shut up, Chris. Uh, <laughs> Making me feel old now. <laughs> anyway, but I, however spend some time on myself as a reward for all this hard work and that is I went to Denmark to participate in Giant Fanatic oh yes which which is uh, kind of one of their annual events going on there they have uh, Blood Bowl Ninth Age is apparently super big I think there were almost like a 150 players or some shit holy hell um 40k, Malifu, Infinity, War Machine, you know, all the reg regular suspects, Blood Bowl, Blood Bowl was pretty big, and Horus Heresy entered the scene. 
I think it was the first Horace Heresy event on. No, no, it wasn't. It was the second. And uh, this was the event that Eric was on our cast yeah. a few weeks ago talking about, right? Exactly. So the kind of. Uh, it did not have turns, it was just uh, a real time strategy game. Awesome. So, which was fucking awesome. So you're gonna have so to take us. Fun. You're gonna have to take us through all of this. Uh, so. Well, yep. I'll I'll take you through it. So basically, we were divided up into three teams: separatists, loyalists, and traitors. Uh, we got uh, three areas on a map, which people that follow our on Facebook will see. I posted like photos of the map and what was going on during the event. And uh, what you had is to travel in between different battle zones was time, was real time. Claiming a battle zone was real time. Unless there was an opponent army there, then you fought out, and whoever won that battle actually claimed the war zone. So you kind of had to maneuver your armies, you had to try, and each war zone was like a set table with set war zone traits. So there, there was one that was like terrible with a rat poisoning going on, which, which basically the, the first round, it was like the first clash between the, the traitors and loyalists, the Iron Hands and the Iron Warriors. Kind of ra- radiated each other to death, and in the end, it was like <laughs> the, the, both had to withdraw because uh, what happens as well? You start you start with one thousand five hundred points, uh, but for each territory you you have, your team can add stuff to your army. So let's say you hold one territory. And it says, like, on the card for that territory, it says, like, plus 100 points. You know, the rad waste, waste or something. It had, like, it had that, and then it usually had a special rule. Uh, so let's say rad wastes, uh, you, uh, if you spend 20 minutes here, uh, one of your troop choices gets uh, outflanked and infiltrate because they're trained by the local, you know, waste nomads or some shit. Uh and at 100 points, so you accumulated all of them. You started out with a set number of territories. So you already had like roughly 500 points, which you could divide up between your armies. Uh, and, and, and the problem is it took for every, like there was a set amount of time. <laughs> so like it took 10 minutes to either regenerate 250 points or like build 250 points if you had that many resources. It's kind of hard to explain. Like Eric did it much better in his when he was on here, but I'm just doing like the quick and dirty here. Uh, so it, it was a lot of it was the game was just not when you played uh, on the table. The game was also very involved with the battle map. Sometimes you you needed to lock up an opponent and then make sure that you held on as long as you could on that table. Uh, so, so maybe your other uh, teammates had time, like because they were withdrawing for combat, so they had time to re- regenerate. So let's say like the iron iron hands were breaking through in one area uh, and managed to fuck fuck up the iron warriors. You had to throw down like uh, so you got another army attacking the iron hands uh, and just basically held up there so the iron iron warriors could uh, recover its losses. And try to stabilize the front, if you know what I mean. Yep. And there were heaps of that, and, and you always try to claim territories. So if you're lucky, you could 
you could send in an army. Uh, there, there was a couple of key areas that were really strong. There was like an outpost, which gave you open up a load of war slots. And our battle plan that we got together, like the traders, was like, okay, we've we got to go for broke. We're just going to put everything and take that Lord of War slot and unlock that one. And then I'm going to make sure that we always keep an army loitering around that area so we can always try and defend it all the time so we don't lose that Lord of War choice. And then we use one of the army as kind of like a fire patrol with that Lord of War and try to, to stop, you know, attacking armies because the Lord of War is like... It was uh, we we unlocked like a uh, Atropos. Oh, nice! Was that Eric's uh, magma yeah. inspired one? Yeah, so it was uh, Eric's as Atropos, and so we used that one and we buffed each other armies. The problem was like if you needed to transfer it to an army, the other army had to stand there and regenerate the point cost, which usually took like uh, amount of time. So normally the other player could react and, and try to rush when you sw swap the cards, but because it, it, it was kind of like a bit of realism because sometimes you had, didn't have time to have a track on the cards because you went up to the game master and, and each one had like a flag to represent their armies and you're like, oh, well, I'll move there. And then you got like a, a, a time, like there was a timer. It's like, oh, you'll arrive at that clock. So you might duck out to the coffee shop, grab another, or like the beer, grab the bar area, grab another beer, come back. And then it's like, okay, my army arrived in that area. And then you, so, so, so you had to keep track of what's going on because suddenly you were fighting on a table and then, uh, reinforcements arrived and the tables were set. So depending on where the reinforcement, like if they came in from one area, you, you saw on the map because there was like a, a sheet for each table. So you saw which deployment zone they came in and they came in on, as ongoing reserves when they marched on the table. So, so sometimes you could, you could get tag team with someone, or sometimes you could just go in when like the separatists and the loyalists were fighting. You, you used sent in a, a lock because you were knowing like uh, it was important that none of these won, and you sent in an army and you locked up those two players there while you had your other mate uh, flanking them and tried to catch ter territories like on the backfield. And there were also heaps of stuff, like if you couldn't retreat, your entire army was destroyed. So you always had to make sure you had a line of retreat. Because one thing that was, that normally the battles didn't go to the bitter end. Because as soon as you lost uh, like uh, two-thirds of your troop choices, or you lost uh, your general, or you lost a lot of war, uh, or you, someone, your opponent held the objectives on the table, uh, if you were the defender and you started with the objective, or the opponent held more objectives than you, then you had to do a brave test, uh, which is basically your highest leadership, uh, your army general, or if he was dead, like the highest leadership model. And if you failed that, there were heaps of modifiers for that. And if you failed that, your army quit the field of battle. So yeah, so it, it was kind of like it, it was super fun. It's hard to give it justice just by rambling on like this but yeah it was super fun and and it was like the, there was games going on like there, there could be times where there weren't that many games but then we, you were off at the map and you were planning and stuff because you might be like oh, okay the front is stabilized uh, people are playing over here so I'm going to use this time and just monitoring the map and start moving around uh, armies 
uh, like move around my army and try to get a better position and see what and there was always some some people up at the map so you need like oh shit suddenly the separatists come around and threatening like the traitor's base so luckily i'm up there seeing it so i have to send my army there and try to intercept cool. and then i had to run over to the battle where my mates are and like oh you need to withdraw from this battle because uh there's like two loyalist army moving moving in on that flank and, and threatening the outpost and in the end uh we we were like <laughs> because we were leading with points uh the separatists was, were leading like half the first day and then the traitors uh we clawed back and then we were on the lead basically almost up to the end of the event they was the last because the game master every hour he stopped and he went through what has happened and there was also random events there was like uprising in hives and shit and he went through what happened so for this hour this has happened or like there's been like a freak warp stone travel between these two locations doesn't can't work anymore uh, there's been an uprising in this five whoever claimed it it's now unclaimed because it's, it's ongoing like uprising there uh, and then he's tallied the points and he also tallied a bit of action what's happened like oh, uh, the traitors has fallen back from this area and the loyalist uh, uh, has pushed the separatists this way and then the traitors has regained a foothold in you know separatist area over here but are in currently engaged in battle with like a vanguard force of the loyalists so he gave like a sum up of, of all the orders that you gave to him because he wrote down on a big massive sheet like what's going on while he keep track of everything which was really cool and he also summed up the points but then like uh, in the last two two uh, hours of the tournament he didn't sum up the points because he didn't want to spoil like who was leading who was what <laughs> uh, and, and, and sometimes also sometimes also world events made that certain hotspots became more worth than others so, so, so people started racing for those, you know, to catch up points and stuff. But I was, that was a bit random as well. So you, you, you never knew what's going on. Wow. And yeah. So, so it, it was like super fun and super cool. So is real time viable for the heresy? Fuck yeah, everything is viable for a heresy. Well, I just wondered because I, I wonder if it was suited the heresy better or if it suited. Maybe uh, the the sort of seventh, uh, like uh, what do you call it? Um, not a age of uh, Gulliman, um, you know, eighth edition or whatever. Uh, I I don't know. Like I I really liked it. I would have no idea how it works with Aethed. But the, the the thing is, it's really cool because you made so you made like your basic list that was one thousand five hundred, and then uh, you were you were, you were supposed to bring like uni entries entries yeah. with you uh, with certain points already and uh, then you you basically gathered points from the conquered areas so let's say you had like uh, oh you had two two areas and you had 200 points to spend and then you try to regenerate and add that to your army and sometimes it was if it was like you you saw there was a super fight or someone ganging up on someone and you know that okay fuck they have this amount of travel time because you you have intel they're moving there Oh, in in the beginning of turns, until there was a battle, you didn't know which flag was which, and then after that they flipped them after they'd been in battle. 
So oh, then you could, could keep track. Yeah, so then you could keep keep track of the players. That's and there was cool. also like there was also like a false flag. So yeah, that's so, pretty cool. Sounds yeah. awesome, man. Sounds really fun. I, I, that I, was I, super fun. It, it, it sounded really good when obviously when Eric was on and explaining it to us, but it sounds like it, it really lived up to what he was aiming for. And I love I love the effort that went into the event with things like the terrain and the maps and everything that went on there. Um, yeah. Question though, the it's more of a terrain question actually because Eric shared um, this new, uh, well, relatively new I guess, um, or terrain company that he'd found. Yeah. And things like the bunkers and everything. Fucking, fucking stunning. We need to buy heaps of those. Okay. Given, that's what I wanted given, to know. <laughs> I'm just going to put it over there. Given that Freddy basically spent his entire time in Denmark in those bunkers, at least yeah, but, according to the photos you sent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but it was the only time I had time to take photos. like Because uh, in the end, we were clawing for, for points, and it, some of the areas on the map were more like they had more entryways and they were kind of like uh, more strategic and so other ones were kind of like so it was kind of like a choke point to get into the back area of the traitors ah right gotcha. and, and, and that's why yeah, the third so they... weather right yeah no, but the, the, the problem was that <laughs> i i i was involved in the in the fight for uh, Raltac city and uh, i withdrew to the outpost because I was taking a fucking beating, and then I managed to, and then I managed to buff in there. But suddenly I had like two two separatist armies coming down on me, and I had to fight them. And then uh, they, and then suddenly the loyalists came in because they all because now we were on the lead, so they all ganged up on <laughs> fucking me, and so I had to call out for aid for everyone. And then first the thousand sons came in. But they they kind of broke and ran away, and then the Iron Warriors came in. Uh, but I was like I was behind that line, and I had fucking Thalaxes deep striking within the fortress wall. Uh, I had fucking conveyors full of trolls coming in trying to knock down the because you couldn't get in unless you broken the the door, which was uh, like uh, armored value thirteen. And then I also had void shields in between the py- pylons. I was gonna say, Chris, you wouldn't have had a chance there, mate. No. Yeah, so it was like, uh, Jesus Christ, and uh, because of the rules for the fortifications, I was allowed to put like rapiers in the in the bunkers. Cool. <laughs> so I did that. So I put like a. So I didn't have to follow unit coherency because if they were all in the bunkers, they were considered in unit coherency. Uh, so yeah, they were in there always dacking away at trolls and shit. <laughs> And then uh, I had I had to pull one out, but but then I I, I stuck it with the, within unit coherency of one of the rapiers, so I kind of didn't break the chain, and and like trying to gun down shit that landed in 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 between. I sallied out by, with my army, kind of had to retreat back because I lost like an entire Terminator squad trying to use steam the tide by preemptive assault, and then like my poor half half destroyed tactical squad. Ran back in and just closed the gate straight away, and then he got close the gunned gate. down. Yeah, close the gate. Close the gate, goddammit! Like I, I had units like down on. I had heaps of units down on like one model, <laughs> running around like because we we were really on a threshold there, and then I managed just to 
make uh, one of the mechanic in play. See how just at the end time of the game, the, the Iron Warrior were like halfway spent because uh, we we used to open up on the white scars coming in. Like a, we used to focus fires on yeah, focus fire on them, and then I'm gunned down like Iron Hands, and they had to deal with a couple of rogue robots, <laughs> so they didn't to focus on us and Arvis Light just jumping in fucking retarded stuff in, in the backfield and all the Thalax and Ursarax and shit and oh my god it was just a massive fucking brawl and my 15 man breacher squad running the Somatize right held up against fucking Ursarax with their 4 passing vulnerable save well, thanks fuck for that yeah it's always a use, <laughs> useful yeah. thing so it, like that that I think at first there was like one attacking me and then it kind of escalated and then the thousand suns came in and left and then fucking it escalated again and and i was like fuck traitor and loyalist thousand suns by the way uh no they were on my side because i was like shit like i'm getting overrun here help help oh my god yeah so it it was like now it was a cool day like I, i was there for the second half of the fucking Sunday just trying to fight the fort like I was locked in there For, I started the day by attacking Realtek City, we drew to the fort I just managed to uh, regenerate all my losses and then and then I saw everyone was moving in and I was like shit, because we had like a factory card that made us uh, regenerate at double speed because we had the, the, like, the mechanic and factory there yeah and then, and then I had another card that, like, you, know, you gained uh, 250 points and then doubled up with the factory card as soon as you retreated. So I managed to retreat from Relatech City and regain all my losses. And I came back, and then I used the factory, and I was like, everyone give all the territories the traders have now to me. Because I, I don't care what it is, just give it to me. Uh, the only thing that I that I left out was the, the Atropos that the Iron... Because the Iron Warrior was locked in combat with that one. I couldn't take that card. So <laughs> everything else, and I just built my entire army. So, so I put in like an entire squad of 10 plasma cannons that held like one section, and then my 15 breaches held one section. And then uh, I had my terminates in deep strike reserves just to, you know, plug whatever, <laughs> wherever it goes to shits. And all the rapiers facing out in the, in the bunkers. And then basically in the middle of the board, I had my Praetor, which was a console, and 10 heavy flamer dudes. Just because whatever fucking robots jumping in my back line, I was fucking playing to death. Just robot fire! Which meant, which meant that the first fucking wave was insane uh, thralls in conveyors. <laughs> Just fucking hordes of them. And I, and I, and I sacrificed like... Uh, one unit to like one terminated squad to blow up a conveyor, and then you see all the rapiers in the fucking. So there's a three heavy heavy bolter rapiers, tactical squad, the the plasma cannons, everything used to open up on that shit. <laughs> it's just like I hear these what these these greenskins have a word. What is it? Daka. What is it? Yeah. <laughs> Daka. Yeah, and then uh, and then I tried to and then I sallied out to blow up the second conveyor, but I only managed to um, what that number four you know you can't move or shoot. Yeah. So I managed to do two whole points because I entire whiffed it, 
And then I got fucking mass cast on my tactical, and also I mishap my terminators coming in to oh, finish no. the op on the one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude! <laughs> Not so, cool, man. Because I, I was gonna, because I went out with my tactical to get the conveyor, and I was gonna deep strike my my terminator as like a human shield for the tactical to let them finish the job, and then retreat back with the tacticals, and just. Because the terminates are kind of bad, like they can, they can take a pounding, and you just have them there, either locked up with if any of the thralls were still alive, or you just start running in with chain fist and trying to to rip up uh, more fucking mechanicum transports. But yeah, that didn't work. And my second deep strike had to go inside the base because suddenly there was like Arvis lighters left, right, and center landing in the fucking <laughs> inside the base. Yeah. Dislodging stupid people with stupid guns that had AP3 and shit. <laughs> Were they playing their cards on you as well, by any chance? Yeah, yeah, they also gathered everything. So. <laughs> He's getting cards. Quick, get our cards. <laughs> and, uh, and like the Thousand Suns were <laughs> two turns because as soon as they rocked up, uh, the level three psychic that he had his, as his commander. <laughs> Uh, did didn't show up for two turns, and then oh. after that he had to withdraw anyway. So, <laughs> so <laughs> we came, we saw, we said fuck it, and we left. <laughs> and then we got the Iron Warriors coming. Oh yeah, boys of the fourth, boys of the fourth. Yeah. Did, did they, they do they, their job? Yeah, they Good. bled heavily for the cause. Uh, that's what we do. Bleed for the cause, man. That's where it's at. Yeah. How we roll. It's good to see uh, a, a, a proper I Warriors player, yeah, traitor I Warriors player, in other words. And that comes from the the one that uh, yesterday considered a Silver Skulls army. I did. You suggested it. I did not consider a fucking thing. <laughs> sure. Shut up. Keep convincing yourself of that. Back in your box. Get away from it, you dirty, dirty stirrer. You're trying to cause trouble here, Christopher. I've got a reputation as a tree, sneaky lawyer, uh, sneaky traitor. I always said loyalist. Then. Sneaky traitor too. <laughs> That's how sneaky you are. <laughs> yeah, totally sneaky. sneaky you almost convinced yourself. Almost. Oh, alpha legion. Uh, That's how I'm alpha legend. Uh, alpha legion, fucking sneaky. That's how sneaky I am. I've got plans within plans. I don't even know what the hell's going on. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Back to back yeah. to Freddy. Uh, so yeah, so how how did the the event win out, loyalist trader wise? Who who got what they uh, were after? Uh, trader won. Yay! So we in, in the end it was point wise. It's like if if we held the outpoise, we will win. If you yeah. lost the outpoise, the loyalists will win, and the separatists would just draw if they managed to hold in there. Could you tell same. us a bit more about uh, that third faction? What did it consist Se of? Uh, separatists were basically crazy Mechanicum. Ooh. So it was Mechanicum so, players specifically for that one. Yeah. There's there's no such thing as crazy Mechanicum, it's just regular Mechanicum. Mechanicum was scrapped. No, but the, the, the fluff was uh, like the, the battle between the separatists. I mean, it's in the loyalists and the traitors going on, but the Mechanicum faction fact, uh, faction, faction weren't, weren't interested in either of them, so they just wanted to plan it for themselves. They couldn't give a shit about the the heresy. And that's uh, and that's an interesting addition to the narrative, I think. 
yeah, it, it makes it made it really fun. So, so it would be cool. Like he, he was thought about having like, um, you know, players to defense wars because they wanted independence and stay out and black shields and mechanicum and stuff to nice. get them slotted, slotted in there. And, and also to add to the game by having three factions. Yeah. Because I know, I know Eric, it was all down to uh, the faction sort of thing was all down to how many players were actually making it to the event, wasn't it, initially? Uh, it's nice that it, uh, it worked out that way. Yeah. No, because three, three factions are perfect because you can't really... <laughs> like, the, the problem is, like, you can't focus on one you can't focus on the other, and if someone gets too strong, the other two factions will just fucking fuck you over. <laughs> Good old-fashioned gag up on the big boy. Yeah, no, but I, I think it's perfectly, because then the front becomes way more fluent, because there's like three fronts you have to have a look at. You can't just look at one side. Oh, that's true. You go, and it's It sounds like you were, you were literally living it in, in your element on that one. Yeah, no, it was super fun. You were literally holding the front there for the uh, over the uh, on the last day. Yeah, on the first day. On the first day, I threw myself on the on the sword all the time, just to make sure that uh, my my fellow fellow uh, teammates could claim territories. So I tried to lock up armies for as long as possible and then, you know, get horribly annihilated because I, I didn't do any upgrades at all first day. I, I was just trying to become like a this, the most annoying speed bump ever. Uh, Fast-tracking fast for martyrdom, eh? Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to go with the more slightly more obvious Emperor's Children getting, like you getting spending a day getting shafted. Uh, Thinking more Siege of Terror at that point, but um, you know that that works. It uh, didn't end up all bad for you at the end, did it? No, it was pretty good. Uh, I got World Conqueror and then uh, uh, Best Sport, and also and... Best Swedo. Yeah, you, you, you didn't get. Uh, did it, wasn't that supposed to be like the Max Award? Yeah, I know. Or Nikas Award? Oh, it's the Nikas uh, they... Award because it's only one event. They haven't had enough time to build up an average yet. That's true. Yeah, but they they thought that I was going to get so horribly pounded, and, and in all honesty, my my list was <laughs> <That's> nice. <laughs> su, su, my list was super friendly, <laughs> uh, because he said like, "Oh, bring something that's like really, really, really nice and not hard at all." So I like, "Oh well, you know, sky slayers, they're super overpriced. Oh, I'll make them plasma cannons because then I'll lose one every time I shoot as well. That's just ninety points." Because <laughs> perfection. So, uh, yes, yeah, so I did like a totally retarded list that I would never run. Like, oh, so, oh dude, so much as right, then I can have tanks and shit. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> They're like, oh, he's gonna get so fucked up. So we're gonna make an award just for him, <laughs> and yeah. and then you you kicked us. Yeah. Well, the fame kicked us. Yeah. Held the fort. <laughs> Held held the ground, made uh, did took on for the team all that sort of pow- empowering chatter. So they techni- you technically held the door then. Well, yeah. <laughs> held the door. Well, not a door like that. There was they had too many deep strikers. The door was used for the fucking trolls, but they never got in. 
Nice. Sounds sounds like you had a lot of fun. You should just have put uh, like three custards on your side. Then they couldn't really have deep stuck anyway. Yeah. But traitors. That, that, that would be still? too much. I was traitors and no one played custards. Uh, That's good. But like, like I did trolled on the Eye of Horus um, Facebook page. My, my, my next army for Adepticon is going to be like custodes with uh, Thousand Sons allies. <laughs> <laughs> Rogue custodes. Do the A team of custodes. Loyalist Thousand Sons. Uh, you could do, I suppose. Well, on Scanners, we'll have Loyalist Thousand Sons and we'll have Traitor Thousand Sons. And we'll have an Alpha Legion General. Yeah. <laughs> which would be hilarious <laughs> oh the fun that's going to happen or not who knows is that long as it don't end up with or is it well, that, I was going to go with enough. or is it but that's why I said or not who knows it's easy to go that way yeah, yeah because Alpharius baby Alpharius or is it or is it or is it yeah uh, so so you have you have had an awesome time in foreign in foreign parts in the Denmark, uh, having having general general shenanigans and playing heresy, you're going slightly crazy whilst finishing off the knights for the night raffle, and uh, and you have basically roll, uh, uh, made use of resources and burnt out the northern part of uh, or the Stockholm area supply of printer toner, uh, getting ready yeah. for the event. That is correct. Nice. So Nicely it's been a busy. Pardon? Nicely rounded out there. Yeah, nicely rounded out, all done and dusted and very cool. So that's a that's been a hell of a lot of hobby. That's been that's we've, we've had some productive weeks, guys. We've been doing all right. Check us out. Yeah, we're pretty good. Yeah. That's... Or are and we? now this. <laughs> <laughs> we're pretty good. Uh, just waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> But yeah, awesome. Well, that being the case, is there anything else we need to we need to talk about whilst we're here? Because I think we've covered everything. Uh, I think we should uh, move on to more hobby talk. Yeah. I think it's, we've been talking about hobby. We've we've hobbied and we've talked about hobby and we've we've talked about more hobbying and hobbying and hobbying. So, and now for something completely different. Freddie and myself had a chat with uh, with Ryan from Radio Free Fan a little while ago, and we talked general hobbying uh, we talked a degree of, uh, of bits about painting and, and you know conversion stuff and all this sort of good stuff we, we, we're gonna we're gonna put that in your in your ears in a moment and it's gonna be sort of one of uh, many hopefully many sessions where we talk about hobbying stuff uh, going forward because it's it's a big part of what we, we do as the hobby and uh, for example like uh, Chris is very much sort of a, a base guru aren't you Chris You're, basic is, is very much a, a passion of yours I know that you wanted to say basic bitch yeah well I wasn't going to but you know <laughs> uh, I, I, I thought yeah. I, I love building bases and I love building terrain because that's way more fun than painting more or less the same model over and over again yeah, to me at least. Fair point. Fair enough. That, that's all. That's all well understood. Uh, so stuff like that is going to be coming part of the stuff that we're going to be doing here on the Virgin Heresy as we move forward, which is always good. So new types of content for you guys. Uh, so and I just uh, want to put this in. If there's something specific you want us to discuss or yeah. go, go over, 
just send us an email or send us a message on Facebook. That's also true if you have something that you might yourself want to come on and talk about. Yes. Message. And that's the point. We would like to do another Lister episode soon as well. So if you've been doing something in the hobby and you want to let us know about it and let the hobby community know about it, if you are running an event and you want to give it a shout out, come on and tell us about yourself and your hobby and your gaming area, uh, gaming group, whatever, get in touch, drop us an email. So without further ado, we're going to go on out to uh, a quick tune and then we're going to be coming back with the beautiful tones of Mr. Ryan Kimmel into your ears. So we'll be right back after this. back and it's all about the hobby right now uh we are going to talk painting we're going to talk paints we're going to talk techniques we're going to talk you know finger painting whatever it's going to be painting related is what we talk about and as it's myself and freddie at the moment we 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 scoured the internet the deep dark regions of the internet for the the most perfect guest to have on and there was only one man to to have on um 
we all love him. You guys all know him from our terrain episode and multiple episodes he's been on, and the fact that he is the 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 nicest man in the hobby. It's a man who knows, needs no introduction, so he just got another big one. Uh, Mr. Ryan Kimmel, <laughs> how are you, you beautiful man? Okay. You. I'm doing good. See, they were looking for the perfect guest that met all that criteria, and they couldn't find him or the five guys behind him, so they landed on number six or seven, which is me. Oh, the, the only guy that can podcast from work. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I would never, I would never do that. No, oh, that's true. Oh, he sorry. would never do anything like that. Pretty, stop disparaging this good man. Stop doing <laughs> this. Stop talking to him. It's talking about this. It's wrong. That sounds like a. That sounds like an epic waste of company resources and time. I would never do such a thing. It does. Yeah. It also sounds ripe for an industrial accident. So should anything like that be happening, it would make great great content for um, the next episode on our on uh, RFI. <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm suggesting you would be in that situation right now. Of course not. That that's not how. Yeah, I don't think I want to go like poking around in electrical cabinets or go standing on the train tracks outside or putting my like laying my face against the turbine or anything like that just to get a story. I think I'm good. Yeah, that 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 would not be the best way to get content for a podcast. <laughs> really, really wouldn't. Um, but you know, I'm sure I'm sure it'll happen at some point. <laughs> be like, we need something quick. Run out of the train line. See what happens. Uh, I don't think I got the short end of this stick. Um, but we have talk. contractors that do, we have contractors that do stupid shit all the time. Oh, so, well, there you are. Then. Um, that that's at least an every month. Or month and a half thing, so Man. I can just uh, post the accident reports of that. <laughs> you you should have seen the fucking contractors uh, <laughs> that I had in um, in a sandy sort of Middle Eastern place last time. You'd be impressed about their work and health and safety <laughs> skills. Jesus fucking. I bet. You know, like I you, I sent you guys the work. I, I know I posted it on the little podcast chat. The, like, it was literally typed up by our safety guy, because they have to always type up the accident reports of the guy backing down the ladder and backing up onto rebar. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, no, I, I yeah. did remember seeing that one, actually. And I, I, I remember being very happy to sit down in a comfortable chair after that one without wincing. Because <laughs> um, that, that was, yeah, ow. Um, I'm, but, still, but I'm, like, I'm still it, getting hell, I'm still getting over the 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 fla, fla, uh, arc flashover stuff from the last episode of yeah. RFI. Like I said before, we talk, started talking here, started recording. That stuff is just wicked, scary shit, man. Yeah, you don't definitely do not want to be involved in any of that. It's not good. Does it deflagrate? Uh, yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> And, and then know. some. <laughs> and then some. Oh my lord! But uh, that's alright. I'm pretty pro some fucking Darwinism. We need we need some more fucking Darwinism happening. Yeah, but that's not. You have to look in my direction like, when you say I'm, that I'm shit, Freddie. I'm in front of this cabinet and it explodes. That doesn't have anything to do with being stupid. Yeah. Well, well, maybe. Your, hopefully not your. Well, not your stupidity. We can't count vouch for other people. <laughs> we might have done some stupid shit in that cabinet. That's always yeah. a possibility. That's always a possibility. <laughs> I don't think that's a Darwin effect, though. I think that's some some sort of freaking Murphy's law of, you know, dumbass people working with, you know, a clever dumb balance or whatever it is. I don't know. But you know, the, the next time you go welding something, 
uh, like you know a support beam on the second floor. What you need to do is you need to get your two cables for your welding machine. You need to just roll those around like two nails and then you plug it in <laughs> like that in the outlet. <laughs> and then what you do is you, you have a t-shirt on and you pull it over your head and then you put some sunglasses on top of your head that now is covered with your t-shirt. And then you start welding while you're sitting there <laughs> hoping that... Sounds like a good welding mask. Hoping that your beam is fucking holding, supporting your weight while you weld it into place. Uh, pro proper, proper classic welding techniques, right there. Yeah, no, that was gold. I was like, "What the fuck is this man doing?" And 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 that kind of bleeds nicely into um, talking about painting and yeah. and <laughs> hobbying and stuff because you know let, let's all be fair we've all MacGyvered some serious shit out when it comes to hobbying it's like you know if I, if I jam this at this angle and then quickly get the glue and the activator on it and then it will hold and you know or if if I hold Sucker it sticks, man. Sucker yeah, sticks. sucker sticks. <laughs> Was that all you ate? No. <laughs> you never. If it's lollipop sticks you need, you never eat enough lollipop sticks just to do what you're trying to do. You have to eat the required plus twenty percent just to make sure that you've done your part. Otherwise, it's you know, it's not right. You know, it's yeah. Plus, they're hard to drill out to make into uh, plastic card tubing. So I messed a couple up drilling, and I had to eat more suckers to get the right amount so that I could get the ones that I needed. Exactly, it's an industrial accident waiting to happen. You just have to, you know, you have to deal with the consequences of those things. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> what we're going to talk about, like I said before, what we're going to talk about tonight is we're going to talk about painting. Uh, we're everybody in the hobby, one way or another paints whether it's uh, well okay let me rephrase that one in ten one in ten armies probably hasn't seen a can of paint anywhere near it or a bottle of paint or a pipette of paint or a paintbrush with paint or barely super glue but the majority of us have have painted in our time and and you know we've we've all hobbied and we've all done things so it's it is the to be fair, cornerstone of what we do. And if you listen to Games Workshop, um, it's their mantra. They're a miniatures company, and that's what they do. Because, obviously, they focus on the hobby and not the ridiculous, you know, that kind of shows in the rules writings. But I'm not going down that route, because that will be a trigger. So. No comment. <laughs> yeah, no comment. Let's not start that one. Hashtag triggered is not where we want to go right now. No, but what you should go down the route is, like, uh -oh. just like uh, Eye of Horus or RFI, we, we're all about fully painted stuff. That we hence are. Why we, hence why we like to talk about hobbying stuff and painting and just motivate people to, you know, keep cracking on with their painting and hobbying. This is why I love you as a co-host, Freddie. You, you keep me on tr on point. You make sure that I remember the reasons we do things, which is well, the important I, I thing. Well, I wanted to make an opportunity to shout out RFI since we have Ryan on board. Well, exactly. There is that, too. Give, I mean, him, give him something for this. You know, I was going to be way more blatant <laughs> about it and just get him to do all the shout-outs later on. But, yeah, sure. Okay, we'll, we'll go with the subtle one, first of all. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, we're all hobbyists. Hashtag the the imperfection. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So good. I can't remember much of the last two hours of that game, but... I think we won. Isn't that sort of like a standard thing with your gaming, though, Freddie? No, no offense. It's just you know, it's, there's a point where it all blurs into one glorious blackout. I think I think Josh put it the best. It's like, please, Freddie, you need to stop screaming perfection. It's not helping. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about helping. It's a state of mind. <laughs> 
Oh, bless. So, yes, we, we are all hobbyists. We've hobbied. We hobby. We do things. Um, and Ryan is notorious for uh, his hobbying projects. Uh, if you listen to our episode on terrain building, um, we talked extensively about you know tables and different things that Ryan's been working on, and they're absolutely gorgeous. And not only are they made well, they're painted well. And that's that's another key. You can have the most awesome scenery in the world, I think, but if it's not doesn't look right, if it doesn't look like it fits, then you know, which comes from painting more than anything else, because there's only I think there's only so many fantasy worlds you can get where a plain bare MDF would actually work um, as like natural resources, uh, unless you were playing in like I don't know IKEA world or something. Um, you know, you've got you've got to have some paint on there, so. The reason I'm going around this long way is we're going to talk about what we like as hobbyists. And let's let's start off with the, the most important bit. Let's, let's start talking about hardware. Let's start talking about paints themselves, first of all. So I'm going to share that to you, put this over to you two gentlemen first. Do you guys have, like, go-to brands? Are you GW homeboys? Are you, you know... Do you do you hate hate the mothership? Do you go go somewhere else? What's what's your you know back alley dealings with paints? Who do you work with? Uh, I don't know. Do you want me to start, Ryan? Or yeah, go ahead, Freddy. Right, no worries. Uh, well, I'm not a big fan of GW. Obviously, there's a couple of paints that I've always used, uh, and you know to give them a fair fair shout out, like their shades are pretty good. Not just from uh, mixing like uh, Wonder Wash or anything, but I have to say like the the shades that um, the Citadel paints come come with, they're pretty okay. I can't complain about them. Uh, same goes with the, some of the glazes. One of the what are they called? The fucking technical ones. Oh, the te- texture paints and stuff like that. No, no, the the technical one like the Spirit Stone, the fucking uh, oh yeah, waste they... on green. Yeah. Uh, blood for the blood god blood for blood god and that uh, the fucking oxide nihilist I, I call it nihilist Nick, oxide which Nick is completely abundant. wrong but you know yeah, they're, yeah. they're they're really, Nick really good, oxide. but they're basically the only GW stuff I use which is uh, the technical and the shades I don't know about you Ryan but that's basically why I don't I, have... I don't mind their paint I, I have my problem with their paint isn't the paint itself really it's the uh, bottle that it's in I cannot I can't deal with uh, paint pots anymore um, I'm a dropper dropper bottle guy through and through and even people that I talk to that are like serious painters like serious serious painters if they want to use GW paint because they like it, almost all of them will convert it over into dropper. They'll just buy empty droppers and convert it all over into dropper bottles. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, but I... like, like uh, I love, I love Nome Oil. I use it all the time. Um, I, uh, I like Freddie said. I like all their washes, all that stuff. I mean, there's really no colors that they make that I'm just like, man, I don't really like this some of their uh base paints you know you definitely need to thin them down with some water or something to, to paint them on but, but uh almost all my armies have gw paint on them somewhere uh my favorite paint overall like container price point you know quality color selection all that is probably vallejo 
Yeah. 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 Um, I'm, I'm, I'm the same with, I mean, to be fair, I actually, I think I use more GW paints than, than the most of people I know um, when it comes to, to painting. Uh, because I really like, funny enough, I really like their air range. Um, mainly because it's got the colours that I like for some of the things that I've been painting for a long time. Um, like different glow effects and stuff like that, uh, that I like to paint. So they've actually got the same shades. So rather than go out and find new options, uh, they, they exist there. And just like, you know, like you guys, I love, I love the, the shades and you know, the, te the technical paints are probably some of the best they've produced. And sort of I swear, Blood for the Blood God is something that every hobby, uh, paint palette, you know, collection, whatever, should have. Yeah. There's like no excuse for you not to have that one, uh, just for added awesomeness yeah. to models more than anything else. I think uh, we we all probably have our like favorite go go to brands for if if we try out a new color, we probably like. I guess you Ryan would try it out. Like if you're going for a special shade, you'll look at the Vallejo stuff and. I'll, I'll, depending if I'm airbrushing it, I'll probably go to Tamiya first. If I'm just going to purely airbrush it, uh, but otherwise I'll probably look at you know P3 or um, or fucking um, Scale 75 or uh, Vallejo as well. I wouldn't go to Games Workshop like straight off the bat. I'll probably look look at them. It, it, it all depends on what they have stocked in my local fucking hobby store. But if I'm browsing the internet, I'll probably I go to one of the fancy ones like a scale 75 or something first yeah I think it's all just personal choice like I took those um, CK Studios airbrushing classes at Nova and they're basically like the American version of MKA so all they do is travel around and teach airbrushing classes and airbrush models and commission paint do all that for a living and their favorite airbrush paints are the GW airbrush paints alright so I think you hit on hit on something there as well, Freddie. I mean, I was going to say my my, I'm very much in love with Vallejo and Scale seventy five as well because Scale seventy five do some really nice colours. Uh, really love their metallic ranges at the moment. I'm I'm having a play around with, but um, you did hit on it. It's like there's a lot that comes down to availability through your local gaming stores about what they stock, yep. and that there's sort of as much um, as much as it's down to sort of you know what colors work and stuff it's like what what can you actually get your hands on because if you're a younger painter and if you don't have you know if you can't get like mom or dad to set up an ebay account or something like that and you can't go and buy this stuff online then you you've got to go with what's there uh, yeah well it also depends on what i'm painting if i'm doing terrain and i like say i'm doing a board that's going to be a swamp board and i know i'm going to be spraying like a whole bunch of green there's no way in hell i'm spending four or five dollars on a GW, however many GW paint pots to spray this terrain. I literally go down to Walmart and buy the 99 cent, um, like Americana, like craft paints that you, for 99 cents, you get a giant, well, how big are these things? It'll tell right here. They're two fluid ounce bottles or 59 milliliters and they're 99 cents and they're not like super awesome but i mean if i'm just painting a whole bunch of terrain with it and then i put several layers of clear coat on after i spray it it works fine yeah same 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 here. like i usually go to the hardware store and buy like a rattle can or whatever is like for the for the mass and then i'll probably touch it up a little bit with the airbrush like the terrain right mm. uh but 
like a, another thing. I, I used to always buy the GW, um, you know, the fucking uh, Chaos Black or whatever it's called, like the primer. Yep. But but nowadays I I buy the big uh, chunky Vallejo black primer bottles because in Sweden they're like for for a rattle can it's uh, what thirteen dollars for one can. At least, yeah, yeah. I'd say probably a yeah. little more actually, but yeah. Yeah, but it's been so long since I bought one. Last time I bought one, it was thirteen dollars, probably more. <laughs> but like for the Vallejo, the the big the biggest primer they have. That is like seven dollars. Yeah, the two. So, that's like two hundred milliliters or something. If I remember. Yeah, two hundred fifty. Right. And and like if you thin that down and shoot it through the airbrush, it it's gonna last. It's gonna last like five times longer than a fucking rattle can. So. Yeah. My uh, favorite primer is made by Rustoleum. It's the Rustoleum American Accents two times ultra cover primer. Um, Jake, fussy uh, over at. Uh, Covenant of Fire uses the same stuff, and we've told other people about it. And everybody we've told that's you know is able to get it loves it. And it's cheap. in America. It's like three dollars a can or three fifty a can at Walmart, and it's better than any like gaming specific primer or anything like that I've ever used. Yeah, I we, we I've used like uh, when I did the terrain for Lincoln, uh, I used the same stuff that that Freddie used, which is the uh, stuff from one of like the big auto. Uh, sellers over here is a place called Biltima, and they're like like five dollars a can, uh, rough yeah. guess. And they, you know, they they've got a relatively good range, and they go on well, and they they sort of even out well. And to be fair, as a as as a base coat for a lot of models, I use like um, an artist's acrylic uh, uh, aerosol can. The stuff they use for, um, or, or the the slightly lower grade stuff that they use for. Um, sort of like wall painting and stuff uh, not so much graffiti but you know when they're doing doing a lot of other sort of art artwork um, and that works just as well uh, the only problem I found with that is it picks up dust a little uh, a lot quicker than stuff like the GW stuff does so you kind of have to have a either be outside or have a really good extraction like uh, extraction fan system on um, to just sort of make sure there's no dust in the air that's the only downside I've had with those so far um, and it saves money, which is the thing. Because yeah. you'd rather want to pay, use that money and, and you know spend it on some nice fancy paints. Yeah. And I think we we forgot one. Like we haven't gone through like all the different brands, but we talking about Games Workshop uh, paints. We should probably mention the Portugal paints. The, yeah. Because I, I I fucking love them. I am falling in love with them. I must admit, I've not used yeah. them that much. But um, but when when they're, we saw them on use on the MKA course, they they look really yeah. good. Like they're 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 about the same price range as other GW paints. It's just availability, I guess. But if you if you're ordering something of Forgeworld and you're going to end up for that free postage, you might as well fucking go in there and like the fucking uh, what is it, Angron Red? It, it is just beautiful. Like as a clear, like their entire clear color range, I've tried all, out all of them because I wanted to, you know, just try them out. Like the Eidolon one and and the red and there's like heaps of them. They are fucking the bomb. They are really nice. They they the closest thing I've come to Tamiya. I guess for Tamiya, you still Tamiya is pretty cheap, at least in Sweden. I'm not so sure about you know how it is for you guys, but it's like one of the cheaper paints you can get. 
like value for money here. And it just, I have never, ever had an issue with Tamiya going through the airbrush. It's just like, it's smooth, it is smooth always, as butter. it's smooth as fuck and it always comes out like the perfect consistency and it's just so easy to handle. It, it hardly ever, like, I never ever get a stoppage in the airbrush when I, when I run Tamiya. So it's, it's definitely like the favorite airbrush paint. Mm. It's a bit more, you know, you have to use it with the thinner and shit. So it's, it's a bit more um, specific. Not so, yeah, specific. So it's not like acrylic and water and shit. And yeah. Like the Vallejo one works for Scale 75, works for most of the water-based acrylic brands. But like the Tamiya, you have to do their, their own stuff. But it's just, you can see they've been in the business so long. They know their fucking shit, and they definitely aim towards like the the military modelers and shit. So yeah. And I I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I do love with things like brands like um, when we talk about uh, like Forge World. I mean, Forge World have got their they've obviously got specific colors geared towards the heresy because that's what you know that's what we do hobby wise. So you've got your Sons of Horus and uh, or Lupercal colors and stuff like that. Um, but one things that like um, Vallejo and everything is they have the military modeling side of it. So they've got a huge range of different types of colors to match those ranges. So, you know, vast amount of grays and greens and reds and browns and, you know, so much that you can just get out and have a play with, which is a, which is a, a lot of fun. Yeah, um, and, and they also have their gaming colors, like the Vallejo Air Gaming, which is also, like, really good. Uh, it, it's like... There's always a color out there that is good for something. You know, it, it's really easy to find a Vallejo color that that will that will that will you be happy with when you're trying to do a project. But yeah, I, I have to say though the the Fortwell colors they've they've really made something work there. Like it, they're they're really good. And they go through the airbrush as uh, you know really like like I don't know because Tamiya is my favorite airbrush color. It the to give it my biggest compliment is that the Fortwell colors fucking goes through the airbrush just like a Tamiya one. So. Very nice. I don't know, have, have you tried out the Fortwell color, Ryan? I have not. I mean, who who do you have? Who do you? I mean, you you do a degree of sort of like stockist work for different things. Do you deal with paints as well, Ryan? Or yes, um, not as much anymore um, as of about six months ago. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, mostly it was a uh, Vallejo Reaper and Games Workshop. Um, we actually like to get Tamiya over here. Like none of the game stores carry Tamiya. To get Tamiya paint, you have to go to like a train, like a model train store, or like an actual like, like hobby store to get Tamiya paint. Okay. So most time you want Tamiya, you got to order online. So I've not even used a lot of Tamiya. I used it for the first time in those airbrushing classes um, at Nova, and then I obviously had to buy some for MKA because it's on their buy list. So I'm going to use it again at the MKA course, and then obviously I'll be using it more because when I get back home, I'm going to you know paint up a Death Guard army using my MKA knowledge. So I'll get a lot more use out of it then. You're gonna you're gonna have a lot of fun with that, man. <laughs> yeah, fucking. Like the the clear coats are just the shit. Like, it, it's hard to I don't know. Well, for me it's really easy because we have like a big uh, 
like military modeling store in the city. And yeah. usually I go there for like they they stock Vallejo, they stock like everything except Games Workshop. Yeah, of course they do. We went over this on RFI, like you fucking Europeans like in primary school, it's like it's like a like third period is military modeling. Like here in the US, <laughs> no one does that shit. We're like in the dark ages of military modeling over here. You just have to lead the way when you come back for MKA, then, man. That's uh, yeah. you're gonna get you're gonna get some serious knowledge bombs dropped on you there. Yeah, and and the thing is, like a can of Tamiya or Tamayo, I have no Tamiya. idea how to pronounce it. Tamiya, 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 Tamiya to you, Tamiya. Yeah. Potato, potato. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, basically like uh, fifty cents cheaper than uh, Games Workshop pot. And you get more color in the pot. Yeah, they're a bigger. They are a bit a much larger jar. I did notice that about uh, Tamiya paints. Yeah, and they're they're. they're I two, think they're very much they worth it. They sell them in two sizes too, like a twenty yeah. mil and a forty mil or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they have the really big ones. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like the the. The Vallejo, the like their metallic ranges and stuff. They have them in like thirty-two oh, mil bottles. That, that, yeah, we're gonna. Uh, I think we need to talk separately about metallics. <laughs> okay, well, we'll talk about them later. But um, you know, they 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 do with things like that. They do them uh, in the bigger bottles as well because I think they they recognise the wide usage of them, and that's really cool as well. Is when you see companies sort of recognising that and it, this stuff gets used a lot, so they still sell them in bigger quantities. And one thing that fucking uh, uh, I have to give the Leo super credit for is their new range, which when we're going to talk about the metallics, we'll tell you more about it. But like they have incorporated the best about a dropper bottle and the best about a fucking normal, uh, what do you call it? Fucking paint pot. Paint pot. They've done the best, best of both worlds because you can unscrew that shit and then you can pour the paint back in and then you can screw retach it and then you had the drop of it's so fucking good it is the shit sexy because oh. the one thing about drop of bottles that is shit house is that you can't eat, like once you use the paint you can't get it back in but with the new fucking Vallejo oh. stuff i would disagree with you on that one freddy because if you if you're smart enough you take a clean cloth and you pull the dropper tip out and then you pour it back in yeah i know but fuck, like <laughs> the new ones are way better you don't have to fuck around with that shit fair enough fair enough but I was going to say, one thing I would say is that when it comes to favorite paints, I used to be, I won't call myself a GW fanboy, but that's all I knew. Um, I mean, I knew that other paints existed, uh, but I didn't, you know, other brands and stuff, but I didn't have any interaction with them because I spent, I saw a lot of the stuff, this this is like, this is way before Duncan, way before, you know, the, the, the Dark Ages of GW, and then, you know, this is way back when. Uh, when I started painting, but to to paint what you saw on the box, you wanted to use the same paints because that that's what would give you the results. Um, so I I never really strayed from from GW apart from one once or twice when sort of friends recommended you know go and try this particular paint because you'll get a better like white out of it or it's easier to work with the the white scar or whatever it's ceramite white base layer or so whatever it is nowadays because that stuff's a nightmare. So um, you know, when I did a, a, a painting, the painting course, uh, the the MK thing, you know, with that and with lots of other courses, there's more, so many different types of uh, paint out there that they get you to start using. That 
it's a real eye opener of what's actually out there, um, what you can start playing with. And I would say now, just as, just while I remember that, one of the best things I can say is try these things. Go out and try different paint ranges. Uh, get playing with some different colors and stuff because it can really, really make a difference. Um, yeah, it's like uh, fucking Matt said. Like the the thing is, like they don't really have. They have a couple of brands that they like, but it's just that if you look at any of like the proper Golden Demon or whatnot, or in, even in the old Forge World books, the Masterclass, they have a mixture of different brands. It's just that they they've taken they're like a fine taster. They've taken the best from all the brands and created their own like sort of uh, little stash of paints that they used when they created their models. And that that's what you know, people that are in the hobby for a long time, like I mean I'm looking at my painting right now and it's a, at least five or six different companies and that and i have a purpose for all of these different paints it's just that after extensive use i've come to like certain brands more than other when it comes to different color schemes and stuff so, you know i, I could have like a, a blue one could be a, a vallejo then like the wash could be like a mig one and then i could have like a, a base color which is a, a fucking uh, AK interactive one, and then I have an army painter, different uh, tone, quick shade, and then you know you have some technical from GW, then I have some Tamiya from this, and then I have the fucking uh, what's it called the W, the what the Canadian brand, the Wilder, whatever it's called. I'm not sure on that. That's one I've not actually come across. Uh, fucking, I'm pretty sure it's Wilder or some shit. Okay. You should know this, Wilder. Wild. Wilder makes oil paints and they make filters and washes. I just bought a whole bunch of their stuff. Yeah, they're they are fucking there. good. Like they're 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 insanely good. The Canadian um, the Canadians are doing their bit. It's yeah, fucking hard to I get did, over here though. I watched uh, there's a YouTube video that I kept sharing on our podcast. If, if you go to YouTube, here I got it actually shared or saved right here on my. Yeah, it's I, just I, called... I I subscribe to their fucking videos. Is it the one where they do that World War One tank? Yeah, well, he does different ones, but it's the the YouTube video is just called Standard Weathering Procedure, uh, and then uh, then put in S T U G all in caps a Stug, which is a uh, German tank. Yep. Um, I know. And they're they're painting that, and it's like a full one hour weathering tutorial for that tank. And he was using a bunch of Wilder oils and filters and things like that, and that's where. So I basically wanted to paint try that method that he's using in that video so i bought a bu all basically all the stuff he was using in that video to try to do it myself cool and I, you mentioned uh, a little while ago you mentioned uh, just just to sort of move on from paints a little bit because we'll come back to them in a second uh, and other other stuff but you mentioned that you did the the stuff at nova and i know yes. you mentioned um you talked about it quite a bit on on episode 69 or 70 i think it was of the of radio free fun uh, but one thing you mentioned in there you, you actually you mentioned an instructor there which is uh james wapple he's and awesome yeah i've cool been I, he if it, one thing i would say is to anybody who wants to sort of start broadening their horizons on painting and hasn't gone out and looked for stuff go and look at his blog because that man is some sort of fucking genius when it comes to things. He's like some sort of Da Vinci shit. Well, uh, he, he, he tries, like, the, the way I understand it is almost everything, like, every other thing he does is basically an experiment. Like, a lot of his stuff is like, this is the first time I'm doing this. Because he's like, 
I guess he always he just he does a lot of stuff with uh, weathering powders and things that aren't permanent, like oils and weathering powders. You can always like put white spirits or wipe them off or whatever. So it's like I swear he's got a lot a... of stuff. I swear he's got a fetish for those things. I mean that in the nicest possible way. <laughs> but they're in everything. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he uh, his paints that he actually paints, like paints the base colors with on models, is the uh, primer that Badger sells. It's called like Thymes or I can't remember the name of the primer. If you go to any, if you just type in Badger airbrush primers, they, they only have like 16 colors, but they're all like military style tones, like you know, green, like different colors of green and brown and black and white, like, you know, very basic colors, but that's all he uses as far as uh, paints through an airbrush to get the base coats for his models. Is it so the his models Sty are literally... Steiner Rays or whatever they call Steiner yeah, Steiner. yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever that stuff is. But So his models, like his base coats are literally like five coats of primer to get the base coat on there, and then everything else you see is essentially you know, weathering techniques, weathering powder, things like that. So he was showing us his tank, like how durable the finish is and how it came out. Man, it looked really nice, and all he's using is primer. He's not even actually using real paint. <laughs> okay, now, now that's just showing off. <laughs> that's just making us look bad now. But cool. <laughs> what I thought is that while we're, uh, while we're talking about... Um, about paints the next logical step to take is actual you know things to put paint on models with um and i i, I want to start with brushes because brushes are just as, as personal as as paint choices are uh you know sort of what works for you and i'm going to throw this one to you first ryan what what's your do you have sort of like a go-to brush brand or do you go yeah, with... i just use i use army painter brushes because there's things i can order for myself through wholesale and they're they're cheap and i've gotten good results with them like for the money i like it's one of those things if i wear them out or they start getting shitty i don't even think twice about throwing away a one dollar brush and just getting another one yeah what about yourself freddie well i have my trusty windsor and newton and then i also like for um for uh, basic you know every day when, when i'm not painting too many details i'm using my games and gears brushes Nice. And they're pretty good. I like I like them because you you store them tip down in their own kind of bottom. That makes sense. Yeah, is that the is that um the Ichiban Studio stuff? The this one that gear. I got. Yeah, the one I got from Adepticon. Yeah, you basically. Think... Yeah, sorry. So you don't have, so the bristles holds longer because you store them like. Like you. They're like in a pen shop, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like old school fucking pens. Right, gotcha. Because I remember seeing a Kickstarter for that a long time back, uh, wanting to sort of get in on that, but it never, you know, I never really yeah, got no, down no, that way. I got mine as part I of I saw the, a lot of people walking around with them at Adepticon, so they must yeah. have been selling the shit out of them, because, like, everybody I saw had, a, had some of those. Well, they were part of the, I think you could upgrade the gift bag or whatever to get, like, two oh, sets of those. Bag. Yeah, the swag bag. Yeah, because I got. If you've like never two. been to Adepticon, one hundred percent get the swag bag because it's like okay. there's so much stuff in the Adepticon swag bag. It's unbelievable. I know that's kind of a side note. It doesn't have anything to do with painting, but just throwing that out there. Well, Adepticon is kind of a topic on everybody's lips at the moment, so you know it's it's understandable. We got to talk about this stuff as well at some point. 
I'm gonna fi fucking sit up all night and wait until they release ticket. I'm gonna get the biggest swag bag. They were sold out. Like I, I, fuck, I can't. Like the tickets go so fast, it's ridiculous. You want to get? You need to get your swag on, is what you're saying? Your swag fix. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's definitely worth. It's so good value for money. It's mm. ridiculous. I mean, per personally, when it comes to brushes, I use. Uh, I actually use Winston Newton for pretty much everything. Um, because I've got the the sort of Winston Newton size one, and that's really good for detail work, and it holds a lot of paint to do uh, most other stuff. But when I'm doing, I do have like oils and dry brushing and stuff. I've got like GW brushes and some Army Painter brushes and stuff. You know, I think what is it? I think Miles calls them like bitch brushes. You know, the old brushes that have just had their life, and you know, you use them just for spooning stuff out of pots of paint and things like that so you know i've got i've got a stack of brushes like that but my everyday stuff is is winsor newton um and i think I, I think i used to do with gw and gw lifespan on brushes is i i always found it horrific you know that stuff just their lifespan died. for me is three seconds because i can't even get it to hold a fucking point to paint one thing before yeah. i get frustrated with it and throw it down and go get something else that's the thing it's just they just do not have anything there you know it's just there's no uh, there's there's just no durability or at least when I've used them I've found that I don't feel no like durability. the bristles are rigid it's like the bristles are really soft it's like trying to paint with human hair they just like almost fall over and then they're always spread out and I can't get any I can't get it I have no control over where they go like you'll go to put the bristles on the model and then they flop one way or the other and I can't get them that yeah. that does worry me slightly when you're talking about um, talking about painting with human hair, but um, yeah, okay, <laughs> we, we, we'll ignore that one. We'll, we'll let that one go. It's cool. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> there, there, there's going to be some sort of weird Buffalo Bill kind of, you know, human hair paintbrush collection together with uh, Ryan's house. <laughs> Don't look too far. Don't look too deep in it all. Um, so, yeah, but the other thing is that we, we've already sort of mentioned it. We're, we're very much um, proponents of airbrushing as well. Um, Fuck yeah. it's 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 big and it's clever and it's fun and you know, it's 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 so much of a time saver. <laughs> I feel it's just I've literally just picked up my my airbrush now. It's just so nice to be able to get get lots done. Um, Don't you mean so, my airbrush? No, this one's mine. Your airbrush okay. is on the other other line, and uh, not <laughs> being used uh, at the moment. So uh, yes, uh, but uh, I'm I'm using an a I want a Neo at the moment, which is. Uh, coming towards its last legs but it's it's doing me good uh what are you using freddy i am well i'm not using a badger in so 2020 anymore because you have wah, that one wah, wah. But, okay do you want me to put it in the but, post i can send it back if it's if it's that if you haven't that many heartaches over it i want to have something against you yeah. uh and then otherwise i am using my german my german airbrush the high edition <laughs> What's it called? Heinrich and... I, I don't know. Like, or is that Swiss? Heschenkock? Uh, oh, that's the MP5. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, no idea. You, you have, you have your own one going there, buddy. I, I, I forgot what it's called. You're in your laundry of painting in Doom. It should be right there with its name on it. 
Uh, no, it's in the fucking shed. Because I can't hairbrush any longer. My wife will kill me. Like, uh-huh. for real, kill me. Here! <laughs> Google machine, help me out. German uh, airbrush. German airbrush. Uh, Are you Harder sure you want to Steinbeck. Google that shit? <laughs> Harder and Steinbeck. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Harder and okay. Steinbeck. So those, those, those ones Infinity are or whatever it's called. Are those the ones that... Um, isn't that the one that Matt, Matt and the guys recommended? Yep, the one they love. Yeah. Very swish. And then I have a, a, a China bitch one for terrain. Sounds good. What about yourself, Ryan? What have you sort of invested in? I have a posh uh, VL, which is our siphon feed to just spray like base coats. So I'm like, that's what I, because here until recently, all I did with my airbrush was use it as a glorified rattle can. So with a siphon feed, I could mix a giant like <laughs> glass bottle of paint that would last almost a whole army and just like sit there and just spray it all out real quick, knock it out. Um, but I just recently picked up a Badger Patriot to take the MKA, so that's what I'm going to be taking the MKA class with as a Badger Patriot 105. Nice. Cl- classic. Yeah, I think again, it's it's the same thing as, as it's a brush, but you know it just uses, it literally, as in the name says it's an airbrush, that's all it uses, it's different, and this is um, it, it's it's as individual as, um, as anything else. Uh, it's nice to, it's just nice to have you know the option for another tool to use when painting. Uh, but I think know. the I think the like the we we dropped a couple of names there and the it, it's like the Steinbeck, the Iwata, or the Badger, which are commonly referred to as like the really good ones when it comes to airbrushing. We yeah. used the Grex at CK Studios and it wasn't bad. I was happy with it. Grex. Hmm. Yep, they're uh they're an American. Uh, manufacturer their like color is like a lime green and we use just their standard airbrush that you're everybody's familiar with with the button on top that you push down for air and pull back for paint but they actually yep. have a new style gun that they've redesigned it where it has a trigger that's down on like where a gun trigger would be and as you pull back on the trigger it applies both air and paint at the same time oh so the very automotive style yes but it looks like a normal airbrush so it's not yeah. like the giant automotive spray guns like it has just a little cup on, on top like your standard gravity feed but it's got a little trigger right in front of where the hose comes up from the bottom so you hold it like you would a gun it's got like this little handle thing that goes like the hose basically goes into the bottom of a handle and then in front of the handle yeah. there's a trigger that you can use if you just google grex uh trigger airbrush or whatever and it, it's just a new, like, it's kind of like their claim to fame. That's not the one we use, but one of the CK Studio people, Cat, uh, uh, she really likes it. But then the guy that teaches the class, Caleb, he hates it. So both the instructors are on opposite end of the spectrum on how they feel about it, which is kind of funny. Well, I guess uh, it depends on how you get used to it. Of the paint. Yeah, I, and, and even the guy who didn't like it, he said the, the big thing about that is, you know how you'll spray with an airbrush, and the way the way it works is when, because you're pushing down for air and pulling back or back and forth for the paint, a lot of times you'll cut the air off and there'll be a little bit of paint left on the end of that needle, and then when you go to apply the air, you'll shoot like a glob of paint out, so most people turn it to the side and like do it on a 
washcloth and then turn it back on the model before they start applying paint again. Yeah, that's what I do. The way that the the way that the one with the trigger works is, as you start pulling back on the trigger slowly, you're just getting air, and then as you get a little further in the pull, it starts applying the paint, and then the further you pull back, the more paint you get. But it works the same way as you let off. So as you're letting off, the paint stops long before the air stops, so it never builds up on the tip of the brush because you you're always blowing it off regardless. So it does that for you without you intentionally have to think about doing it. Hmm. Sneaky. I like it. But I thought that's what every airbrush did. Because mine does that. Yeah. But anyway, you <laughs> might, people might check it out. It's something to look into. The, the guy that owns Grex was at Nova. Seemed like a nice dude. And, he, you know, he supplied all the airbrushes for that uh, CK Studio class. And I, I used the standard, you know, with the button on top and uh, went through a whole four-hour class with it, and I think I had to, you know, had one, like, plugage, you know, one time. Other than that, it sprayed fine. Um, didn't have any issues with it. Very nice. That's cool. Well, we'll, have to, we'll put in some uh, links in the show notes. Oh, I'll yeah, for sure. For all, yep. all the freaking brands. Oh, yeah, definitely. Remember. <laughs> anyway, but I want to check that out as well. So I like experimenting different airbrushes. Yeah. And that's the thing, I think everybody, well, not everybody, I think most people started off with the um, eBay China airbrush. I know I did. And that was a that was a whole lot of fun to sort of practice with. And they're, they're fully serviceable. I mean, you can use those things. You don't have to go out and do crazy amounts of money on an airbrush. They're fully serviceable. But uh, there is definitely something about getting a getting a good brush or something that you're comfortable with. Uh, that delivers what you want, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I, I have my fucking Steinbeck next to my China chili fucking $9 airbrush. And uh, every time I use the one and I go back to the Steinbeck, it, it is like, oh my fucking God. It's so good. <laughs> you, you appreciate <laughs> it so much more. Okay, so that point of me trying to make out where it's just like, anybody can do what they do good stuff with that. You just say, nah, you, you know, the, the, the good stuff is the good stuff and everything else is just not. No, no, I'm saying like, it, it, it's still, it's workable, but it's just, I don't know. It's hard, you can't. You, you do get value for money if you buy one of those proper ones. Yeah, okay. Are you saying? Fair enough. I can't, I can't can't argue that. I guess I can try, but then I'll I'll be stepping into Chris territory, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, so <laughs> we've talked paints, we've talked brushes, we've talked airbrushes briefly. Uh, let's just talk about actually putting paint on a miniature uh, when it comes down to it. I mean, it's it's pretty universal. I don't think there are any surprises. But do you guys have any sort of like, uh, if nothing else, tips and tricks or, or things that you do that maybe you think other people don't do when it comes to putting paint down? Is there is there something you like have to have to have have to do? You know, do you have to spray in the the dawn hours between sort of like five and seven a.m. and to get that perfect coat, or is it the witching hour, or you know anything like that? Um. Well, you go, Ryan. I, I didn't, I mean, like I said, I, up until, like, literally a month ago, I was using my shit like a caveman. Like, it, it was like if, if a monkey walked around in the woods and found an airbrush and, like, basically learned how to use it just on his own, that's pretty much the level I was with airbrushing. Um, and I've painted pretty much all my armies in that way. And I've gotten pretty good on my own just to teach myself how to do 
like where you fade it from top to bottom. Like it's just called what's that called a zenithal or zenthal? Like yep. where it's Z- like zenithal trans- straight down zenithal highlighting. Yep. So I mean that's pretty much how all my armies are painted, and I think that looks really nice. Um, that's kind of how my blood angels are painted. It's just that everybody likes that red on oh, my blood angels, that real bright red. It's just three different colors of red faded down like that, and then line highlighted with a pen washing of some known oil, and then I just paint the details, and everybody loves it. So, I mean, it, you don't have to have, like, the fanciest method for something to turn out good. Um, these, uh, the CK Studio class I took, he's got more of a method where you work everything up from black, so you prime it black, and then you, you apply colors that seem to be too bright for what you're wanting, but you, you like, level it up, um, and then you hit it with the like almost like a filter to knock it back down and blend everything together, but you can still see your transitions. Um, it was pretty cool. We used that with some like more military style colors, like some browns and some olive drabs on a Conflict 47 model, and it made it look like which when you would look in a, like a military model magazine, like that real realistic like green super matte finish. Yeah, but it had it had like some more comic booky highlights, so it's kind of like a mixing of the two styles. Like it doesn't look mil, it's like a, it's almost like it's channel, it's it's panel shading, it's individual panel shading to make it look more like like a I don't know I don't really know what that style of painting is, but it doesn't necessarily look super realistic, but it does it just gives it a more interesting look. But he used like military style paints and filters and whatever. So it was kind of wild look to it. And then I took another painting class with Matt DePetro and he used a style of painting where you paint the model black and then you figure out which where instead of doing a top to bottom highlight, you figure out where you want your actual light source to come from, which may come from like a lower down from the right side of the model or maybe higher up at a, a steeper angle or whatever. And you hold the model really far away from a rattle can of white paint and you spray the white paint and then slowly move the model in so the paint starts accumulating on it as if, and so the white is accumulating on the model from the direction that the light source would be. So you end up with this model that's like black with like white on part of it, like on the raised areas, like where the light would hit. And then when you start laying down your base coats over the top of that, you use kind of more translucent colors so they'll obviously be way brighter on the white parts and darker on the black, and it's almost like a pre-shading where you don't have to go back in and shade later to yep. like save a lot of time. Yeah, I mean that's that's like the textbook definition of pre-shading there, and it's uh, yeah, it's, it's so sort of a natural light source. He's got a thing called sketch style painting. If you just go to YouTube, sketch style painting, or Google Matt DePetro sketch style painting, I'm sure you can see pictures of what i'm talking about he had models there um he was a really good instructor too uh but yeah so i mean there's a whole bunch of different ways to do stuff there's no like one real way it's more like pick a style that you want your miniatures to look like because like obviously like a james wapple like you look at his like he's doing all these super realistic looking military models with very little like panel shading or anything like that it looks more natural and then you look at some of the CK Studios classes on their Facebook, and they got, like, very high transition between the panels. Um, and then something like an MKA is kind of like a blend of the two. 
type of thing and then like everybody's kind of got their own look so you kind of need to see what look that you want and then just do research on how you achieve that look i guess I, I don't think I could have put it any more concisely. <laughs> yeah, and, I'm, and I think it works well for, like, and you don't always have to go, well, this is my style, I'm going to do that. Like, I'm painting my Death Guard in a more realistic look, you know, that I'm going to get from MKA. Um, I painted my Blood Angels very, car like, you could call it cartoony, comic booky. What It's not super realistic. It's, like, super bright red. It's, like, really, you know, like, blows your eyeballs off, sear retina searing red when you see it. Um, but it's very eye-catching and cool-looking. And then um, my word bearers are more like muted colors with some highlights. Just make them like, feel dirty when you look at them, I guess. Even though it's like, yeah. Up, so yeah. It's, it's, so I've, like, I paint in different styles based on what I want the army to look like. So it's, it's doesn't you don't have to just take on one style of painting. Like, you might look at a Thousand Suns army, and because they're like super bright metallics with all this stuff on them you may you don't want to do those like ultra matte military colors like that just doesn't really feel like a thousand suns way to paint your models if that makes any sense yeah i mean it does it does make a lot of sense i mean i i would say that uh when it comes to talking about specific styles that uh, for myself for example i was always the paint it paint it black and then build up each color type when it comes to painting so all the yeah. metals all the flesh all the color you know do that all in one go and then sort of highlight and then move on to another stage and you know another color and all that sort of stuff and i've i never sort of really tried the whole pre-shading stuff until actually until i got my first airbrush and then i tried the tried the pre-shading and that was kind of intriguing uh because it worked quite nicely uh but then i did didn't really have a lot of su success with the airbrushing so I, I went back to this time I, I with a brush I did a lot of painting that was um, you know the whole model like uh, would be done with like a GW base coat uh, like lead belcher or you know um, whatever they had at that time uh, black or something like that and if I was then sort of build up all the colors uh, you know to do all all the meta metallics and then paint over the top rather than going from a black base which gave some different responses uh, sort of outlooks but um, yeah I'm, I'm I'm most definitely an MKA fanboy when it comes to how they paint stuff uh, can't really sort of go into the method because that's the whole reason they do their courses but a lot of contrast and a lot of natural lighting like you talked about where you, you sort of pick your light source and how the lights come yeah. in and that that gives a really nice really nice finish uh in, in how i like it and you know with a lot of the weathering and stuff it gives that, that very military look which is very awesome so uh that that's what i like to do i mean freddie what was your sort of painting history and how you've done stuff uh well i actually started with uh, building models and stuff so military modeling is how i started the whole painting thing used to build with my old man, uh, those 1, 2, 35 tanks and shit, and airplanes, and 1, 2, 72, those airfix, if everyone remember those modeling planes. Yep. And, and like, the, back in the day, because I'm so fucking old, they're probably the oldest one of all of you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I used to do, like, those uh, lead soldiers, you know, you melted yourself, and, in, in like, you cast them. I'm painting your silver pants blue. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of started off with that. So I remember, like, back in Rogue Trader and back in old, old Epic, I used to actually paint my models using the Humbrol. If anyone has paint with a Humbrol fucking thing, yep. you use paint thinners and shit to... <laughs> So the entire fucking room you had smelled like some fucking house where some people were just smelling plastic bags full of chemicals to get off. And and then well, then I when uh, Citadel actually started releasing paints back way back in the old day when when the pots used to look like how Portugal pots looks now or or P3 pots looks looks like. Oh, the the uh, classic paints. Yeah, the classic paints. I started to mixing it out, so I had like Humbrol, and then I had like uh, the Citadel ones, and then eventually I kind of went over uh, to purely water-based stuff for, for my hobby stuff. But but I kind of stagnated before. I, so I always I always like to paint uh, a bit more, not so flamboyant as you learn from like heavy metal and stuff. I always kind of painted mine a bit more militarish in in like traditionally uh, when I painted my models especially since I've played a lot of World War II games as well and uh, I, I was missing the airbrush but the airbrush took me to a whole different level but what I've now started to kind of realizing is that the airbrush and what I do with my paints is just the foundation and it, it all fucking boils down to the weathering like the weathering for me is like the it's like the alpha omega of the model like I'm, I'm, I'm building up the the foundation of the model. Like, and I, I try to get that nice color scheme and the contrast. But then when I do the weathering, for me that is like telling the story of the model. It's through the weathering, and that's how I tying all the colors I put down with an airbrush and a brush together to get that like fucking warning militaryish look. And it, even like with, it could be models that are supposed to be a bit clean, like uh, Empress Children. But you still kind of use use the weathering to tell a story and kind of tie the different purple and the gold together, if you know what I mean. So I'm I'm, yes. I'm like to totally like the M what MK has done for me is has like it it solidified like my basic brush skills. It learned me how to fucking airbrush, and then it just made me give me the foundation that I I really needed to go fully into weathering because I think that weathering is like a underestimated part of the hobby in how to create models. And yeah. I don't think Games Workshop goes into a lot. Like if you look at uh, Duncan's tutorials and shit, it's not much weathering. Yeah. Like on all the traditional Games Workshop stuff, they don't, they don't hardly do any weathering. I mean, look at the new Nurgle stuff. I'm not trying to get, I'm gonna have to be careful where I step here without going out on a rant on it. But um, look how like clean and like bright the colors are on the new Nurgle stuff. There's like very little weathering on anything. It looks really bright and clean. It's like it's got a very computer game feel to it. Yeah. In my eyes. I like what I'm Nurgle used to look like when I played Nurgle. Yeah, that's let's avoid this. But anyway, <laughs> I brought that up to to basically highlight that. You know, they don't, like, even on an army that you would think would be the most heavily weathered. I mean, you look at them in 30K and everybody weathers the hell out of them. And these are supposedly the same guys that are supposed to be ten times nastier and dirtier. And you look at the games, how Games Workshop painted them. 
and they're all like you know super bright, very little dirt and grime to them. It's because they all grown up those uh, army fucking fluorescent safety vests. It's kind of morphed into their army <laughs> armor or some shit. Something like that. Safety first. <laughs> God, yeah. Actually, no. To be fair, Ryan, you, you just, I know you're trying to avoid that path, but I was about to go down it myself, and I'm, I'm going to go there again. Is that that okay. that's that's been one of the biggest things that I've seen in in differences uh, when it comes to one of the bigger bigger inspirations of painting, which again is sort of like Games Workshops uh, Forge World, is that they are moving that they've moved away from those darker, grimier color schemes in general. Uh, I mean, GW Main was never heavily weathered, but the colours were a lot darker and a lot, uh, not messier, but there was definite sort of grime to them, if you get what I'm saying. But with uh, more grim industrial. Yeah, grim industrial. Like, that's yeah, that's a good phrase. But when it comes to the when it comes to Forge World, that that's what that was always the style that I I recognised as Forge World, the the sort of dirty weathered stuff. And then if you look at a lot of the new stuff that's come out, but I mean, we've talked about it a number of times on the show, things like the Space Wolf Dreadnought, the Thousand Suns stuff. I mean, okay, Thousand Suns, they kind of look better without a lot, a lot of weathering. But a lot of the stuff that's been released recently is so clean. There's no weathering to it, and it just feels like it's a completely different style of painting. Uh, so that that's more of a, I get where you are, for what you're saying, Freddie, as far as the weathering is concerned, because I'm the same. Uh, the weathering is what makes it come to life for me. Um, but I just thought it was imp important to sort of point out that where we get a lot of our inspiration and sources from is going in the opposite direction, which I think is yeah. uh, is a shame, basically. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know. It's like, I know it's a made-up universe, but it, it, it looks realistic. Like don't say that to me, man. Don't, don't don't say that. Come on, we've talked about this before. Don't call it a made-up universe. It's real. It's real, Freddy. Right, right. but anyway, it, it, it looks more realistic, and it, it just it looks so much better, and it looks like... The thing is, if you look at a heresy army on the tabletop that's, like, weathered and kind of has a creamy, grubby story, like, JP's fucking uh, militia, like, that, that is, like, a, a textbook example of, like, some fucking weathering and some, like realistic feel to it and it just looks I don't know it, it tells a story without even you even haven't haven't even moved the miniature or shot your first fucking last gun it just feels like lived in you know it has that lived in fucking look yep uh, see that's what I want to get because none of my armies really look like that um, I've not done a lot of my black shields I didn't do any like oils or like streaking grime or anything like that, but I did do a lot of like brush chipping with like exposed metal underneath. That was like the first army I actually did like battle damage and chipping and all that. So, um, and I think you saw those last yeah, year, Freddie, didn't you? My, yeah, I didn't. My, uh, yeah. So I was pretty proud of them. They're probably my favorite heresy army that I've done. Um, them and my word bearers. I, I don't know what it is of like. I just love the look of my word bearer army, like all the candles and stuff on it. Like I, I want to get back and paint some more stuff for them, but it's like, I want to learn all these new techniques and I'm not going to be like, I don't want to learn all this weathering stuff and then come back and paint a bunch of word bearers that I have to match my old word bearers with no weathering or whatever. So that's why I, I uh, picked up the, God, that is the most the, dangerous thing ever, man. <laughs> it is so actually, the, the, there's a trick to that, Brian. 
what you do is you just re-weather your old ones. So you don't have to repaint them. You just re-weather them. And it actually right. works. So anyway, but my plan is I just picked up this whole new... I have a whole new militia and a whole new Death Guard project. I'm going to do one or the other for Adepticon next year, and I'm going to do both projects back-to-back regardless. I just don't know which one I want to start first. Um, and both of them are going to be heavily weathered. So for the militia, it's going to be a bunch of Krieg guys with... Uh, scratch-built tanks or homemade tanks like because I'm doing uh, Survivors of the Dark Age where you can take Proteuses but I didn't want to just take the standard Proteus model I wanted to build something that represented a Proteus that's supposed to be like a local pattern of like just like heavy industrial fucking slab-sided tank you know to represent the Proteus and then I'm building I'm scratch-building my own Gorgons as well um, and I'm using like some World War One uh, Mark IV tank chassis and I'm actually taking two World War One Mark IV tanks and sticking them together side by side to make a, the hole wider to represent the Gorgon. And then I'm taking a whole bunch of extra ramps I sh- and shit I had from building a bunch of uh, Storm Eagles and Fire Raptors uh, because you have the leftover assault ramp from the Storm Raven kit. And I'm going to yeah. build a bunch of assault ramps and things like that. And then I got to build like a platform on the back for like the the like on the back of the Gorgon, you have those gunners on the turrets or whatever. Yeah, the so, mortar, trench mortar or whatever for this. Yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to doing that, so I'm either going to do my Krieg, though, though, that army first, which is going to be like super heavily weathered, dirty, grimy, or do Death Guard, and the Death Guard is going to essentially be all Terminators, all in Land Raiders. So it'll be a mix of... Well, if I do all Terminators, all in Land Raiders, it's going to be like five... Mark II BE Land Raiders with like 25 Terminators in it, and that'll be the whole army. <laughs> solid. <laughs> that that's a solid army right there. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to meet that on a dark and lonely night somewhere. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to meet that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll have to tell us all about it, Freddie. How much fun you had getting your, you know, <laughs> shit pushed in by it. <laughs> My, my militia will stand and fight. They'll stand and die, like any good militia. Because they, they, they will stand behind but I, I specifically <laughs> picked those two pro- projects because I want to learn weathering. So I'm hoping that by the time I get from one end to the other end of both those projects that I feel very comfortable with weathering. Yeah. I mean, it, it's... Well, it, Go on, Curry. Well, if you're going to do Death Guard at the MK... Basically, just fucking don't yeah. hold back. Just go home and keep doing it, because that's yeah, that's how you're gonna solidify it. So I don't know. And, and once you learn that, like you saw how how I people I haven't posted any of my iron hands because I've done a couple of iron hands going back from the course. But after I felt confident, that's when I did that uh, Mercarius. Yeah. I posted it. Yeah. Which is gorgeous. Which is just, that that I just went I used all the weathering techniques on that it just went to fucking town so. well if it's, if it's a tank as glorious as a Macarius then you know you should go do you have to paint a rhino at MK hey, can I sneak a land raider in and do a land raider instead they they will grumble they will grumble we love them but they, they, there is a reason the rhino is there okay well I'll do the rhino I bought the rhino and have the rhino but I keep looking at the rhino and go this is like my wife's tank I want to do I got like I have eight Land Raiders sitting at home, all in packages, and I want to paint. Well, I'm building one right now, so I'll have seven left. 
so I have three Achilles and five Mark II Bs, and I want to paint those. I don't really give a shit about a Rhino, but I guess I will paint the Rhino to learn the technique. Well, it's you, good, though, because if you fuck it up, at least you haven't fucked up one of your uh, Land Raiders. Yeah, I got it. I got you. True, and to be fair, you'll come back and go, right, let's have this, and just knock the shit out of those those Land Raiders like nobody's business. Bam, and then, bam, and bam, then it's, it's... You said it's, that uh, when you learn MKA, you, you could, like, it's a speed thing too, right? Doesn't the MKA course supposedly teach you how to paint fairly quickly? The techniques that you learn can get you to paint pretty quickly, yeah. For sure. The, the only problem is that the better you are at them, the more perfectionist you become, and it, then it slows down. Well, I'm just curious if maybe because my ner- my uh, Death Guard army is only five tanks and 25 Terminators, if I could get that done and then get my militia done on top of it. Oh, you'll be able to knock that stuff out. You, you trust me, you'll be able to crush through that stuff pretty quickly. Uh, if... Sacri- sacrificial offering? Huh? Is that the next army? <laughs> <laughs> you want to fight? You want to fight a? Two Proteuses, eight Land Raiders, and two Gorgons? Is that what you're telling me? Uh, no. I was going to say, why would anybody <laughs> want to fight that? Jesus. The, the, the thing is, like, the, the, the trick to this is you, you can't make JP lose too many miniatures because the game will last for, like, eight hours. Just to listen to the background yeah. stories. <laughs> I loved it. I thought that was, like, so fun. Like, that was one of the most fun games of 30K I've ever played was with you, Sean. Um, and Freddy. That was so fun. He's so crying fun. for his widow and shit. <laughs> <laughs> JP's a maniac, man. I love that guy. Yeah, it's awesome. We've just got to, got to sit down and just, you know, record here. We get, what we should do is get him on one of our live stream games, Freddy, and just getting him to write up a, um, a, like a, a live history of what's going on as the models die. <laughs> and then we can sort of put that out with the, here's the, here's the live stream and here's, the, here's JP's storytelling yeah, alongside it. I'm oh, hoping to get like... to hang with Mark a little bit more because Mark was there, but he didn't, he wasn't up there when we were playing that game or whatever. So I'm hoping this year we get to hang out with Mark a little bit more. Yeah. Well, he was saying to talking to Greg and shit, like for a bit, mm. but not, not for that one because he wanted to be rested for the, he was, you know, fucking Mark power gamer. He wanted to be rested for the doubles. He was, he was going for gold there. Didn't he crush out the gold yeah. there? No, no, he didn't get gold. No, no, not for the doubles. It was his dirty, filthy custodians that did pretty well in singles. He won the singles event, uh, the competitive. Yeah. Well, but what army did he, he took, feel? He took my throne. He took my throne. He took your yeah. throne. He took your throne. He... he, he, he Curb stomped everybody with a with a, a very I'm sure an extremely fluffy uh, custodes army. In his defense, he just took models that he wanted to take. Yeah, you know, no, not really knowing whatever, and then it just so happens that they're the awesome. book is the way it is. Yeah, yeah no, it's, not, it's not, not hating you there, Mark. We love you. It's, it's like Linus at Scorpius. Just happens to whatever model you take, it just happens to be really good. <laughs> it doesn't really matter which model you pick out of the list. Yeah, this is this is true. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let, let's move on from that before we start you know, yeah. shitting yeah. on lists there. Yeah, let's talk about products, weathering. Yeah. Right. So, what are your go-to things, or at least let's start right. What what have you you what are you using at the moment when it comes to weathering? 
Uh, Nolm Oil, Argrax Earthshade, Seraphim Sepia. I've used a ton of that shit. Um, I've not gotten too into weathering powders yet, but after taking James Waffle's class and watch him like literally do everything with weathering powders, I'm pretty sure if you locked him in a room with weathering powders and some duct tape, he could build you like a bulldozer out of weathering powders. Like that's how like good he is with weathering powders. <laughs> it's pretty funny, actually. Um, you guys still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're here, okay. man. Oh, we're listening. We're just listening right. to you. <laughs> Sorry, no, I hear you. Uh, so, like, I actually just ordered the entire secret weapon miniatures line of weathering powders. I have a connection where I can um, get it for a little bit of a discount. Um, the same I guy that I got. What? Did I mention I love you? Yes. Because you're my best friend. Uh, and. Yes, I, I've been uh, hooking Freddy up a little bit with some stuff, too, through them. But uh, I got the entire weathering powder line through them, and they have, like, several colors of weathering powders. They've not come in yet, but I'm, I'm waiting on that so I can really, like, start exploring weathering powders. Because right now all I have are the uh, – my buddy Jamie gave me a set that he said he would never use, and I got, like, five or six, and I haven't even really opened them yet. I was kind of waiting until after the MKA class, I was just like – you know, I got, like, two or three weeks to go. Why, like, open up a bunch of expensing weathering powders and fuck it all up and do it all wrong when I'm going to actually learn how to do it properly in a couple of weeks? So, um, but, like I said, when I get back, I should have the secret weapon ones here waiting on me, and they have a huge variety. Uh, yeah, they, they sell them, like, packs of three, like, with, with a, like, where all the three colors kind of work in the same sort of scheme. Yeah. The, the other thing that they have that's cool that I actually saw somebody use this is is the weathering paints. They call them weathering paints. Um, I guess Mr. Justin, the guy who owns Secret Weapon, um, he has several videos of him using those paints, and they dry like super, super matte. And um, James Waffle was using a lot of those weathering paints. He was mixing them with uh, water and and making them super thin, almost like building a filter or whatever out of them. And then some of them, like the orange colors and the brown colors, he was using to paint rust. He would just, like, make them real watery and then, like, do this dabbing technique with his brush, like, all over the exhaust, and it looks, like, super primitive, and it doesn't look that good when you first put it on. But then once it dries, it looks super, super good. So you can find videos, I'm sure, people using those weathering paints from uh, Secret Weapon. Yeah. They looked really interesting. I definitely want to... I ordered a few of those with the uh, um, weathering powders, so I'm going to try those out when they come in. I'm trying to think what else I've used. Um, I've used some of the... the I've used a few oil paints uh, in the uh, CK Studios class. We just did the, you know, where you take oil paint and you put a little drop down and then you take some white spirits and you kind of put it on there and wipe it down where it makes it look like an oil streak or a rust streak. Um, and then we did kind of the same thing with white oils to create a little bit of a primitive, like whitewash look or oxidization look. So I've, I've done a little bit of that, but like I said, I've not gotten super, super into that yet. Fair enough. What about you, Freddie? What are your go-tos? Uh, well, I have um, a, a few of the secret weapon uh, powders that I got at Adepticon, but 
as Ryan knows, it's fucking impossible for us to get hold of secret weapons stuff here, at least without fucking selling our kidneys and shit. But I know what you're talking about, those wet uh, kind of, uh, you know, the wet weathering powders or whatever you call it, because I have a couple of MIG ones that I use, especially, like you said, rushed one. I have, like, uh, a one that's called Rust Tracks, a MIG one. Yeah. Which is, I'm, I'm using exactly how you described it. It's fucking awesome. That's how I did. I, di- I didn't even bother... I had to do like a bunch of T72s and I didn't even bother painting the fucking tracks. I just used the the rust streak and it, it just made like a perfect, perfect fucking right. track. That, yeah, that's, so. how, that's how James did it. It was pretty wild. Yeah. Real quick, Freddie, just to interrupt you just for a second. If you ever need any secret weapon stuff, hit me up and I'll see what I can do. I mean, you know, it's kind yeah. of expensive to ship to you, but I don't mind doing it if you don't mind paying the shipping. So Well, I, I end up paying the fucking taxes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's the problem. I forgot <laughs> yeah. about that. No, but you know those the bags of skulls you can buy? You know, the, how they sell, yeah. like, uh, little skulls? How much are they yeah. in dollars, like, normal? Like, 10 bucks, 15 bucks, maybe? And you get, like, hundreds of them. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that you, you're not even close to that here. Here it's, like, you know, what is it, 35 bucks? If they've uh, um, been some. If, what if, if, you they, buy them, if, they, if you buy them at a Decathlon and then fly back on your plane, do they go through your bag when you get there and like just have no, somebody no, no, they, at least that, that's not the what they do. This is kind of this is kind of a, a, a secret plan that all our listeners are going to hear about now is that the the, the whole plan of Freddy's extra luggage at Adepticon and what may or may not be coming back. <laughs> don't listen. Okay, don't well, listen. Don't listen to this fucking customs. No, no. <laughs> border cu- protection. If there's any customs or border agents listening to this, you, 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 we, we were just joking. We're, not, we're, we're kidding. There's nothing happening. Uh, nothing at all. No, but uh, to go back to weathering, uh, I do everything. I do powders and shit. It, actually, when you get home, Ryan, you're gonna try. Do you have any weathering powders at home at all? Like anything? Yes, I have like a handful. I got five or six different colors. Yeah, so what are you going to do when you get home? Take a bit of weathering powder, take some white spirits, and just mix it all together. And then yep. just fucking wash it on some area just to try it out, like some tracks or whatever. Then get a Yeah, fucking... then when it dries, it goes back to powder. That's how James yeah. Waffle was using it. Yeah, and then get your fucking dry brush and work with it. And then, then once you're done, get something that's called AK Ultra Varnish Matte to fucking varnish it. That that's the stuff that goes in your airbrush, right? Yeah. There we yeah, go. I bought, a, I bought a tube of that. Everybody's like, getting it, getting free weathering lessons here. It is the fucking bomb, mate. Uh, besides that, uh, that there's some, a bit of weathering powder. I used uh, I, I used the Fortral ones. They're really nice. I also used the uh, the fucking Wilder ones and also Secret Weapon. And then I actually have some uh, Mig ones. They're really nice because I, I like I I. I kind of like mixing weathering powders, if that makes sense. So I use yes. a bit of uh, like uh, MIG ones, which I mix with the Fortwell one, which I mix with the Wilder one, and I get that perfect hue. Like the the bases for my knights, for the knight raffles, are actually three different weathering powders mixed together. Very nice. Which is kind of, it's kind of cool. Uh, another thing when it comes to weathering, is just like you said, the oil paints. The oil paints are fucking the bomb. And if you want to, if you want to even try it out, I would suggest to go out uh, for like rust and shit. Get the burnt sienna, uh, Winsor and Newton. 
fucking oh, it doesn't even have to use it's called something right different in the wilder paints it's like called brown there's like brown shadow and brown there's like yeah. three or four but, different but I mean, like if you, if you go to a fucking uh, like the, the three ones you'll find this in uh, the forge world masterclass they, they list them but the three ones that i use all the time which are on the index i think it's like the first page on the forge world uh, masterclass book like the first one not the fucking shitty horror heresy one but like the first proper one uh, and it's like burnt umber burnt sienna and raw umber and those are like yeah those are your fucking weathering oil oil paints those those are your bad boys right there like i've used a, a technique where you where you kind of like with the burnt sienna and i mixed it a little bit with the with the fucking raw umber but mostly burnt cyanide, and then you mix it into with the white spirits. And then you take one of those really shitty, like, bitch brushes, and then you just kind of, you know, how you, you put some on the bristles, and then you flick them back. So it gets like a pochy thing. Like, you, you yep. get like a, an even spread, like some acid grain. And then you can do your oil streaking with, with your fucking uh, white spirits on where your dots lands and shit. That's how I did on my carries. And it works really nice. Uh, another thing that is fucking the shit, it's AK Interactive. I don't know if you, you bought any of those, but like the engine oil, engine grime, fucking... Um, uh, what I have are the Vallejo, the Vallejo ones. Vallejo makes a whole line of that same stuff, and I have a, a hobby store that carries the entire Vallejo line, but we don't have anywhere where I can just buy the AK stuff off the shelf, so I bought the Vallejo stuff. But it looks very similar. Yeah. Because I, I love the, the the thing with the AK one is it's not uh, it's the the Vallejo one is water based, isn't it? Yes. Because the AK one isn't water based, so you probably need some white spirits to clean your brushes afterwards. But the thing, yeah. what I like with that is when you actually varnish afterwards, like the engine grime and the engine oil and the fuel stains, it stays kind of glossy, even if you put a matte varnish, like a Vallejo matte varnish, on top of your model. It means like uh, that the AK one still glosses through, which is what I like. So you still get that protected coat, but you don't dull them down as much as you do with the rest of the model. If you got like a gloss, uh, fucking matte varnish mix thing, you do. Another one that is fucking amazing is also the mig, like the mig washes. They're really good. Like I have a track wash, which is fucking awesome for like uh, basic metal bits that get a lot of beating uh, it, it, it's just fucking gold when it comes to that I also have uh, uh, I know Michael uses a ton of that streak and grime stuff yeah yeah because I have like the, the fucking yeah streak, dark streak and grime the MIG one that is yeah. really nice like I, I use that for like rubber piping and oil piping and shit and obviously I use it for like uh, World War 2 stuff where it's actually used for, but like for 30k stuff it's really good for like machinery rubber hoses and yeah kind of like gears and shit that are streaking so i use either that like for when i notice some sort of like rubber protection around the gear and then i use the engine oil engine grime and fuel stains for like open metal bits and then uh, i have like a dark brown wash for green vehicles which is another thing i use for for like uh rubber rubber hoses and shit it's awesome for that. It's the shit. Check you and your depth technicals going on there, Freddie. Yeah. And then I I want to go into heavy chipping. Have you done any heavy chipping? Like no, heavy I haven't. I bought I bought it. 
I've never used it. I bought it um, to take to MKA, but I have not used it yet. Uh, it's, it's so good. It's awesome stuff, man. I use it on my yeah. Iron Warriors all the time. Yeah, as for your Death Guards, it's going to be your fucking go-to thing. It's so fucking good. Like, especially you get some masking tape, do like yeah, your unit markings and shit. Like, for, get your masking tape and uh, kind of cut out an area where you want to do your unit marking. Just fucking bash on some heavy shipping fluid, let it dry, and then bash on some paint with whatever color you want that unit mark for, and then just gently ship away at it, and it looks so fucking good. If people want to see, like, what it looks like. It's, have a look at my fucking uh, MK Rhino, I think. Is it, have we put that up on the Facebook page? It should sure be. If not, they're up there. I can get them up there. Yeah. That's not a problem. Yeah. So have a look at that one because that's. I think that's the best example of something where, where I've used uh, AKA heavy shipping fluid. It's fucking gold. It is absolutely awesome. And I mean, on a personal note, a lot of the stuff I, I, I started off with was like uh, very basic like sponge chipping which is such a simple yep. technique yep. but that's all I've done so far so such a simple technique and I, I learned it I learned that from like YouTube uh, such a simple technique and so adds so much depth to the model and then I've I had a play around a couple of years ago with some um, MIG weathering powders uh, for flames of war um, uh, and I had those and then sort of had to play around with those mixing them in and, and sort of layering them on and seeing how they came up but they never seemed to look right um, and then it, it's again, hard it's on, just... on, on a small scale scale model yeah really definitely hard. and then again it's it's you know it's like this it's getting onto a course or getting onto or, or finding a source of, of learning that just clicks um, a lot of the stuff that we picked up just by chatting to uh, Matt and Hebby is uh, Matt and Henry, sorry, as as hobbyists in general. Uh, when we did the MKA stuff and what we've sort of picked up since then, um, for myself, you know, going onto lots of different Facebook pages, doing a lot, joining lots of different Facebook groups, and just having a look at what other people are doing out there and seeing how their stuff works, and you know, trying the different techniques. Like there's a, it's not a weathering technique, but it's just an example that there's a. Um, a really good painting technique out there that uses uh, wire wool to do marbling effects, and that I know yep. that's gone through. Hampton's been doing a lot of that on those custodes he did. Black yeah, painting. I saw, I saw, I saw Dave do do some of that as well, and it's been on a number of different sort of like uh, painting group pages and stuff like that. But I would have never have thought to to do that. Um, I've actually used the I've used James Wapple's um, uh, marble painting schemes a couple of times and they work really well but when you're looking to do sort of large pieces or lots they that can really slow your time down uh, and you know things just like uh, basic artist oils and stuff like that that um, the work really well with with some white spirit and, and basically the know-how um, so I think it's I think for me it's I've, I've learned so much in this last year and a lot of it yeah. has come from just simply going out there and trying and learning by doing um, you know like all the stuff yeah. we've mentioned this evening for example go out there take a look at it yes it's a bit, bit jumbled and tangents here and there but go out there and look at it and see what you can pick up on see what you want to have a crack at what's going to be fun and you know what yeah, works I think for like, you uh, like it, for me I was a bit stagnant in my painting you know I, I wasn't paid like a bit I even won a couple of best armies with my Flames of War tanks and stuff. 
but I haven't really evolved. And so I definitely recommend like go and do like a, a painting course. It, it, even if you don't learn much more about the painting, it opens up your eyes to how other people paint and also inspires you to try, go out and try new things. Because I, I think that's good. Like just go out there, go into the community and see what other people are doing and get inspired. And just try, like, just don't be, it's so easy to get, be like, I'm pretty happy with how I paint, blah, blah, I'm just going to stay this way. It, like, that's not how it works. We, we work for perfection. We, <laughs> we strive, we strive for perfection. So we always try to, you know. Well, this is team perfection we've got in the house yeah. at the moment with you two. So yeah, go, go that next step. And, and this year has really been fucking amazing for me. Like the MK course just it kind of just gave me like a kick in the bun to just go out and try, try new stuff and shit. And like, even if you don't want to do a course, I can recommend get the fucking first two masterclass books from Portugal. Yes. And, and get on the fucking Wilder homepage and look at their tutorials. Like, those two things together will fucking blow your mind. And just fucking get a model and try out some of the techniques because they're so good. Like, you're, you'll be surprised at what you can achieve. Well, and, like, so if you're in the U.S., Miles uh, David of Little Legend, who's also an amazing, amazing painter, we've not brought him up yet, He's yeah. doing a class in one of the Carolinas, I think South Carolina, maybe North Carolina. I think South Charlotte, Charlottesville. Yeah. So you can find him, um, and he's having a class in January, I believe. Yeah, and um, I think he's planning then, on going up to Canada as well. I think yeah, they've he's talked doing about being Montreal, up, He's Montreal, going to Montreal as well. Yeah. So that would. That would be a really good class uh, to take, and then um, CK Studios travels everywhere. I'm taking the Lansing, Michigan class in February. I think it's sold out, but they do several classes all, all over the U.S., and they'll actually, if you contact them on your uh, Facebook, if you can get 15 people together, they'll schedule you know, your own class where you can have it wherever you want. So if you have like a, a game club or something like like I do, you know, like a, a, a decent-sized game club or a couple game clubs in, in an area, and you guys want to put something together, contact them and work something out with them, and they'll they'll if you're in the U.S. Um, hopefully, I mean, I know M MKA is going away. I don't know if any of the individual guys plan on running classes or if somebody else is going to step in, kind of over there to do classes. I guess you know Miles is doing classes. Uh, so maybe he'll do some European classes or whatever. Um, but that would be, you know, if you're in that area, definitely, like Freddie said, just just find, you know, any kind of traveling painting class like that you can take and, and take it. Like, I took a bunch of at Nova and learned a whole bunch of stuff. Like, even one of the classes was not expertly labeled as to what the hell it was, and I got in there and it was painting flesh tones on a bust which I'll never paint a bust of anything in my life, but I still thought it was cool. And the theory of behind it of how he was painting the flesh on this face was unbelievable. Like when he first starts out and he's got a bunch of red, blue, and yellow paint all over this face, and you're like, why would you paint a face red and blue? And then he starts throwing these super translucent 
layers of flesh tone over it, and you're like, oh, that's why, because that looks like a fucking photograph. Because like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> let me just yeah. go. Let me just go snap my brushes and give give the fuck up and walk away now. It's like, yeah, screw right, you, man. Right, exactly. Cause then, <laughs> yeah, because in like two hours, he painted something that like was unbelievable to me. Like it was like sorcery. So, um, so yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, look into taking some painting classes to learn some new techniques. Yeah, and the other thing, one other tip I would give is go out and look at the, I mean, you've already mentioned it with the uh, Walder stuff, but go out and look at the different uh, manufacturers because they do a lot of stuff themselves, as in um, like videos like Badger has a fantastic, and right now Badger's doing a, a great giveaway, which is like a ridiculous number of people, uh, prizes being drawn and stuff, but they've got a, a particular group that they're promoting, and it's it's a lot of it is just airbrush painting and about 50% of it isn't directly re relevant to model painting but it's the same techniques so it's like painting on t-shirts and painting on signs and stuff but it's all all relevant and there's you know a lot of stuff out there and uh, thanks to um, uh, as uh, uh, what's his name as, as, um, Chris I'm trying to remember the order Chris uh, our Chris was recommended by Tom, I think it was from Gino Five Two. Um, the a book by Scale Seventy Five. It's like a, a steampunk book, um, which was um, loads of different techniques using Scale Seventy Five products. They only have two. They only have like two Scale Seventy Five books, and they're not that expensive. So just buy them both, and you're guaranteed to get the right one. Yeah. Um, and it's it's literally that is that is a great that's what I was going to say is a lot of the manufacturers have books out like Games Workshop but but look at the other ones as well because they've got this is a fantastic piece of um, piece of kit that these guys are doing that shows off their products and yes it's it's an advertising piece but they've got some fantastic painters involved and you can learn a lot of techniques I mean I, I literally spent an hour last night reading through the sections on painting like white on robes and stuff like that which I, I thought was pretty awesome um, and you know you just pick up these techniques just simply by picking up a book so it's worth having a look at as well so I just I just wanted to mention that while I thought about it <laughs> while the, the, the thought was rattling around in my brain there which uh, was probably the, the sort of noise you may have heard in the background um, so <laughs> it's quite possible um, so one there's one last thing I think we should talk about and that's um, the, the sort of more practical side of the um, the hobbying stuff and I, I, I want to focus on sort of like converting stuff and it's talking about some good third party products that are out there um, I mean Suckers. we want to pardon? Suckers Suckers, yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> lollipops, lollipop sticks for uh, those who don't, don't, don't use the term suckers. Um, and if you want some more context, go and have a listen to the latest RFI. Um, but uh, no, there's lots of um, uh, different th sort of third-party producers of parts and stuff out there, and converting is one big thing of the hobby. And uh, I know that we want to talk about basing in the future with uh, with Chris from our podcast because that's that's his big thing he's really good at it um so let's let's talk about converting models right now um what did you guys when when did you sort of get into that is it always been a thing that you guys have been into or 
did something kickstart you into converting models? Or is it just, uh, you know, this this needs to be on here, the minor stuff, or, or what was it? I've always uh, well, done it, but it, I started doing it in, like, what I would consider a poor fashion. <laughs> like, I was 11 or 12, and I just thought, I'm going to add more spikes to the Space Marine or whatever, you know, and, like, doing Chaos Guys. And the coolest thing I remember learned, like, the, the first thing that I remember using and actually looking cool was making, like, intestines and guts and, like, icky-looking stuff using uh, liquid nails. Like, when you buy liquid nails, it's like a construction adhesive, and you can get it in, like, a squeeze tube, almost like a tube of toothpaste. Uh-huh. And you can squirt a little out, and it's really, like, sticky, so you can squirt a little out in an area, and it, and it sticks, and then you can take a toothpick and drag it around and make it look really stringy, like guts or intestines or whatever. And then when it hardens, it gets really hard, and then it's pain. Cool. That's pretty awesome. What about yourself, Freddy? Well, back in my day, the, the, like the, the once the Games Workshop stopped releasing that awesome like rogue, rogue traded plastic kits for the <laughs> for the Imperial Guardsmen, I actually started out with them and making them cultists uh, and cloning them. But then afterwards, when they did all everything in lead for a while there, it was really hard because then I, I used like a tweezers to snip off heads, and I got heads from like. You know, fantasy sets and did head swaps basically to begin with, and sometimes uh, you had like weapon swaps and, and stuff like that. So, but it was really fucking hard to convert the metal models. But yeah, that, yeah. that's how that that's how I started. That's how and getting it like yeah yeah and getting those one one to thirty five. Uh, you know, you got like uh, like from those modeling kits. And you kind of glued your know, backpacks onto like Cadians and shit, like the metal ones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is it so? It was it was just me then who who was like gluing pen top uh, or heating up pen tops and jamming them onto the end of their GI Joes when their legs broke off and stuff. So, <laughs> that that was my first conversion. <laughs> like way back, not even game, <laughs> not even toy soldier related. I, I was jamming shit onto to models in in the way back. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's you know head swaps and weapon swaps are the, where everybody started. But um, I guess then, what was? Can you remember what your first big conversions were? So when you went, yeah, I'm gonna go for this and I'm gonna make something completely uh, like not so much even scratch built, but just where you went at it on on something for the first time, like really big. Probably my Hell Drake. I made it. So the Hell Drake, it like flies flat like when you see a bird in the sky like traditionally flying like how it flies like level with its belly facing the ground yeah um i converted a hell drake where it's like looks like it's swooping up and hovering in in place like you see dragons in movies and like or game of thrones where they're kind of like holding in place where their belly would be facing the target and their wings are kind of curled forward and they're like breathing fire um, I converted a hell drake to look like that while also making it Nurgle and giving it a tail because it looks stupid without a tail. It looks like a turkey or some kind of weird bird with like no tail feathers and like a weird body. So I gave it the like a tentacle tail using the things off of a uh, what's the little weird dog dreadnought thing from Chaos that's out now? It's like a siege robot. Oh, the, the hell Mauler fiend or the hell brute? Mauler fiend. Oh, so yeah. So the, the, yeah. the little 
the lasher tendrils from the Mauler Fiend, I use those to make a tail, and then I actually use the head from the Forge Fiend, which is like the weird, like, Cerberus-looking thing for the to replace the Heldrake head, and then I put a bunch of liquid nails and, like, stuff on it like we were just talking about to make it look more, more icky, like Nurgle, and then totally reposed it, and then had to, you know, reposition where the base went in and cover up the big uh, hex thing that's cut into the chest, where the base would normally go, and, like, I did all that stuff. And that was, like, my first big conversion that took me a long time that I was really worried about destroying, like, a $75 model. Yep, that, that's that's definitely something you don't want to screw up, so that's pretty big. What about you, Freddie? Uh, well, the fir first big conversion I did was when... When was this? 92 or something? When I took one of those old... Uh, Rhinos and they just released a, like a those overhead fucking data cards for a whirlwind and I used that and I used plastic card and bits of screwing shit and I built a whirlwind whirlwind. You built yourself a whirlwind. Yeah. Pretty baller. That's pretty. I think awesome. even they had like blueprint and fucking a, a white dwarf back then as well. See that's 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 good old days where they they sort of showed you how to do that stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, I I remember I think the biggest thing I have or the the biggest single conversion I did for a long time because most of my stuff was just straight out of the box actually um, was I built um, a chaos um, war shrine out of the plastic empire um, war altar kit. And did it with the sort of Celeshi demons, and you know we had sort of the mash together that kit and the plastic chariot kit. So this is only like four or five years ago that I did something. I actually went ahead and did something really big. Um, and just like you, Ryan, I was like really kind of nervous about screwing up because it wasn't actually for me; it was for a friend. Um, <laughs> it's like okay, I don't want to mess this up. Um, but yeah, there was a, a lot of fun with sort of like spare demon bits and you know. Um, Oh, what's it? Milli, milliput. I don't know if you guys know what milliput is. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, so like an epoxy putty. Uh, using that instead of green stuff. So um, you know that kind of worked, and you know it was that was a lot of fun. Um, but a lot of that was sort of like straight cuts, and then using milliput to pull the seams together and you know smooth over a lot of bases um, and a lot of edges. Again, it's you know actually it's, it's probably one of the questions we should be asking Chris. Because he's he's the the scratch builder of the group. He's the, he loves to build his uh, his tanks and and things. So he's like some sort of demon when it comes to plastic art um, and green stuff. But um, who do you guys use as? Or do you have any go-to bits sellers or, or stuff? I mean, you know, there's a lot of news going around about what's happening with like Pop Goes the Monkey and everything at the moment. But um, you know, well for for three D shoulder pads and stuff, I, I use him Matt a lot because he'll custom design you anything you want uh, free of charge, and then you can buy you know whatever through Shapeways. So if you want any type of custom shoulder pad made, he's the man to go to. I think. Um, as far as like tank bits and things like that, like I love Blood and Skull stuff. Me and Freddie were talking about this before the show. Um, you can really make some really unique looking stuff that's really cool with blood and skulls and then the fact that he makes a lot of things that 
blend some of the Games Workshop stuff in with some of the heresy kits to make it all look more uniform. Like, you can get tracks for your land raiders and your predators and things like that that make it look like the tracks that are on Asa Karen or Proteus Land Raider where they all kind of look the same instead of having like a mixed match of tracks. Um, you can also just, you know, there's a Conrad Key. She's designed a bunch of stuff. Um, there, did he design the, 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 the posable... Uh, legs for the Contemptor that uh, Michael was after. Was that Conrad Keish? Conrad Keish designed those for Michael, and then Michael uh, traded them or sold them or gave them to uh, Blood and Skulls to produce. So Blood and Skulls produces those now. Sweet. So you can I... get those through Blood and Skulls. And they're awesome. I literally just built uh, a Black Shield Dreadnought the other night using those legs, and I love those legs. And, well, there's, uh, we should be mentioning Blood and Skulls as well, because those guys, that, that setup is, uh, almost a go-to for, like, definitely, like, tank pieces for, for a start. Uh, yeah, my, uh, every one of these Land Raiders I'm building for these, uh, guys are using their track bits, and then my militia army, um, all the custom tanks I'm building, I just 75% of them are Blood and Skull pieces, and there's another company called Ramshackle Games out of the UK, and he makes a ton of conversion bits. And the cool thing about him, you can buy cool kits, like he makes a tank called like the Iron Growler, for example, and it, and it tells you which parts you're getting to make that tank. Um, but you can also buy every piece that goes into the tank individually in whatever quantity you want, so you can mix and match and make your own tank. So, like, those custom Proteuses that I built the other day, those are, like, 90% um, Ramshackle games, and then probably, you know, 9% uh, Blood and Skulls, and then the 1% Games Workshop. I've glued a few little plastic odds and ends on there to give it, like, some more detail. Yeah, I mean, his his stuff, I mean, uh, I would I have to say that... Uh, uh, a lot of the stuff I've used has come from like Cromlech or um, uh, what are they called? Anvil Anvil Industries with uh, and, and a lot of it is a little like weapon swaps and different options but uh, Blood and Skulls I see a lot of the uh, the tank tracks and one of the other things he's got like a, what I really like is like a, a power uh, generator la yeah power generator la like the, the laser the, the sponsors to make the Land Raider into Mark II's Yep. I've used those for my iron hands. They're fucking awesome. I've seen a number of those generators on like um, like standings for the tor or tormentor conversions or like just void void shield generators, like portable void shield generators, and I think they're pretty awesome uh, for that because they they've got size to them and they look you know they look credible um, and the sponsors are really good. I, I actually want to try out some of the the sponsors because I need to upgrade my um, uh, what you call it? I need to upgrade my um, Typhon because it was a scratch build, and I need some some las cannons. So I'm going to have a take a look at his his stuff and see what I can come up with from there. But okay. uh, I mean, he's he's 100% yeah. um, eBay based, isn't he? If I yeah, really. blood and skulls, yeah. Yeah. So pop onto eBay and search. And is, it, he, is it search blood and skulls? Yeah, you can search that, and he also has like uh, those nice uh, LED lighting sets if you want to pimp your land radiator further. 
pretty nice. Yeah, the, the, the best lighting kits, if you're wanting to do lighting, is a place called, I think it's called Power Play Gaming. Um, the way he's got his set up, I can't really explain it because I don't do the LEDs a lot, but it's what Michael uses and it's what my buddy Jamie uses. And it's very simple the way it's set up. And it's like in like this tiered system where if you email him and say, Hey, I'm wanting to do this. He's like, well, you, you'll need this, 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 and this. And, you know, and he'll lay it all out for you. And that's what Michael used to build that. Like he built like a landing bay display board with all these like drop pod oh, yeah. launch tubes with all the lights in it. And that's what he used. And he's always at all the big conventions here in the U.S., and I'm sure you can get his stuff online order from him. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm just I'm looking at like his um, his uh, tank tracks at the moment, like the oppressor tank tracks. Uh, those things just look brutal, like so 30k, like they they belong on a 30k tank. Kind of surprised something that that grim hasn't been uh, put together by GW yet. To be fair. Uh, not knocking the guys, but I just it's uh, kind of impressive that they that those things have come out of uh, out of a third party reseller. Um, I mean the the sponsor kits you talked about, Freddie. Uh, it's got a real sort of World War World War One World War Two feel to them with lots of panels and heavy riveting and all that sort of stuff, uh, which look pretty awesome. Yeah, they work really well with iron hands. Uh, another thing that's really good is uh, they have like a small, it's like a small tank turret. Yeah. And I've used that to replace the heavy bolter, uh, the twin linked heavy bolter on the Land Raiders with yeah. that turret, and it, and it looks so much better. Uh, the the thing. Well, you guys have seen, um, you guys have seen Bloody Bell, my uh, Blood Angel. Uh, Bloody yeah. Angel, or <laughs> not Bell, my. Um, Hellhammer, that's what it was. I built a Hellhammer back when it was still legal before they redid the Super Heavy rules. And I won the Blood and Skulls kit um, at Adepticon. And they gave me a whole bunch of the bits. And then I went and ordered more and um, uh, built that tank. That was my first experience with Blood and Skulls. And after that, I fell in love. So... If you go to Blood and Skull's Facebook, I think my tank is on his Facebook page. He did his own Blood Angel one. If you see the one that's uh, got a, gat a double Gatling gun turret, that's the one he did. The one that I did has like a giant buck-off cannon on the turret, and then it has like, sp like sponsons with all the assault cannons from everywhere on the sponsons. But I used every super heavy tank conversion bit in his store uh, on that Bane Blade. So it's got the fuel tanks, the sponsons, the turret, uh, the main gun, the spotlight, like everything. Oh, the the track, the new tracks. Um, and then I did the track cutaways to make it look more like a fill blade chassis. So it's pretty cool looking tank. And then I actually, after I did that tank, I liked it so well, but I can't play it because it's not legal anymore. So I went ahead and bought a Forge World Stormblade. Yeah. It's the one with the big plasma cannon. So nothing like taking, talk about nervous, taking a, I don't know what that thing costs from Forge World, a couple hundred bucks, I think. Ridiculously and, expensive. And cutting a part with a Dremel to put uh, um, <laughs> parts from from uh, Blood and Skulls all over it. Eep. So, uh, it's 
it's got it's got the blood and skulls uh sponsons fuel tanks uh guns all that stuff tracks the fell blade cut out on the tracks and all that so that so they match so yeah he definitely makes some really 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 cool stuff yeah he really does um, I'm, again I'm just looking at it all now going okay now I'm starting to add this to my watch list and this to my watch list and you know, <laughs> just as we're clicking through it's like crap I want that I want that I want that oh, well. I can send you a picture of the tank if you please guys do, want man. it for the please do we'd love to yeah. put that up on the on the episode when we put it out so people can have a look at it and like Ryan says go on oh man this. we were joking about that last night like how many like hurt feelings and butt hurt people online over just seeing images of that tank like dripping with assault cannons and it's never even seen the tabletop there were so many people mad about that um people would <laughs> post it somewhere and like half half the post would be just like people going off about cheese and whack this and how horrible it was and this is an example of what makes the hobby bad and all this and I'm like this has never even been played it still has never been played it's never even been put on a table it looks pretty <laughs> goddamn it it's not touch the tabletop stop hating on it yeah so there we go there's the background for the episode like the photo oh we have to fix something oh yeah <laughs> we'll have to fix that there it is sorted but the episode butt hurt and butt hurt and painting and modeling yeah cool man i mean is there is there anything else you want to you guys want to cover on this or we should we get around and wrap this wrap this puppy up because we there's so much we could talk about this but we'd be getting into like minutiae on what we're doing and and everything um so i mean is there anything you guys want to cover otherwise uh not without going like the, the next thing we can cover is like technique and details and shit but we could save that for another episode like i think we want to the... save that for another one when chris is here and we can we can talk bases and stuff as well because that's that's a, a big thing that's almost its own topic uh all ryan is there anything you would like yep. to anyone you'd like to shout out or uh, i mean we, we've already given you the 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 not so subtle subtle rfi but, but do you want to shout out anything else while, while you while we've got you here no, I mean, that's pretty much it. If you guys just really 100,000% can't get enough of me, I do a podcast for this game called Dark Age, made by Cool Mini or Not. Um, it's a little skirmish game. You only play with about five or six miniatures. And our podcast is called Echoes of Samaria. Um, it's on SoundCloud and all the other, like, iTunes and all that shit. And uh, we don't record it as often as RFI. It's, uh, like, every two weeks or every two and a half weeks. Um, we usually record it on our game club nights. It's two of my club guys that do it with me. Um, but yeah, it's just another little miniatures game I play other than 30k. Well, it's worth going to have a listen to. A uh, Dark Age also seems to be the, the game to be getting into at the moment. I believe you've roped your, your, your lovely wife Emily into that as well. Or, or she, she, <laughs> yeah, she, she, was, she flew solo on that herself. On our, she was on our last episode, actually. So she recorded her first podcast episode ever. And her face was bright red about half the time because she's like nowhere near as close of as outgoing, or she would say arrogant as I am. <laughs> so, oh, there's love for you. You're just arrogant. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, uh, but yeah, she was on the last uh, Echoes of Samaria podcast talking a little bit about Dark Age because she went to with me. Um, and took a lot of the painting classes. So if you want her perspective on the painting classes, even though it doesn't relate to 30K, listen to that uh, 
uh, Echoes of Samaria podcast that I did. It's only it's a little over an hour long. It's not super long. So even if you're not interested in the game, you know, a lot of it's just Nova talk and painting class talk um, and getting our experience from Nova. Uh, but, yeah, uh, that's pretty much all I got is, is that. Awesome. And obviously listen to RFI. If, I mean, if you're listening, pretty much listen to any 30K podcast you know about. The podcast I'm on now, you'll know about I of Horus, you'll know about Geno 5.2, and you should know about us, so yeah. it gets talked about enough. That's uh, that, that that's a pretty good sum of, of, of most of the community right there. Uh, what I would say yeah. is, though, to, to our listeners, if you guys have got any uh, hobbying stories or conversions or anything like that you want to share with us, if there's any questions you've got about what we've talked about tonight, we're going to do our best to get all the uh, different types of uh you know things we've talked about linked in the show notes uh we'll do what we can to to put up pictures of, about stuff we've talked about tonight as well but otherwise thank you very much for coming on ryan uh we've enjoyed this little hobby ramble and the next time we do this i think we'll talk more about technique and like i said we'll uh, talk basings and more in depth on conversions as well uh, when we have chris on with us as well so other than that we're going to head on out to a song now and we'll be right back with our wrap-up so catch you on the other side later
we're back. Uh, big shout out to Mr. Ryan Kibble for uh, joining us and blathering on with us about hobby. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'd like to thank, thank him for covering for me when I didn't have an internet connection. Yeah, well, yeah totally not your <laughs> fault. When the world of technology fails, yeah. it fucks us all over. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's nice to, that we have friends in the community that can just hop on and help out. Yeah, it is. And again, apologies for the for the snuffling and everything. The cold seems to have got worse in the last hour, which means nothing to you virtually because it's all cut and pasted pasted together. But still, yeah. Uh, so yes, let's let's move on. It's, it's not a cold; it's nervous rot. We all know it. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I touched something Freddie gave to me. It could be anything. just 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 embrace it, like Mortarian did. <laughs> Eventually, what you mean come, uh, at the very end? Yeah. Well, to be fair. Typhon and those guys did it first. Yeah, but Tyson. And then the Mortarian just do. joined the cool, cool Kids Club. Uh, is that? Oh, okay. Well, why not? Uh, so. And now he's a giant Mothman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's not, shall we? Uh, right. Okay. <laughs> so, let's talk about things that are happening. First of all, let's talk about uh, the Second Gullock War and. There's been some changes, or that there are some changes now. It's this new month. So, what's been happening, Chris? Well, uh, uh, I'm just blanking. The Sons of Heresy, I'm sorry for that. The Sons of Heresy had September, and their time is over. And I'm sure they will do a nice little wrap-up when they get get their next episode out. But uh, Stereth Prime, as I can see on uh, K actually was won by the Traitors. Yeah. We'll see what their stats say, but also the case says that the traitors won. And it's not just the usual one point influence win, it's actually a three point influence win. Ah, oh, so that, that's quite that's almost a landslide vic this landslide victory and just just think about how many uh how many normal civilians that were herded all the way over um uh, were then brutally murdered. I I, I feel so I, proud. I also heard, heard of uh, nerdlings making up uh, the ma- majority of some uh, of the of the hordes of refugees. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. as it should yeah. be. Yeah, but enough about them. And uh, back to something that is quite reminiscent of last year's uh, global campaign. Yep, and that is. Uh, Swamp. The Northern Heresy. Yeah, doing their and, and their rebellious swamp world. Oh yes. It's actually what it's called, called in the information here. And, that, and it's uh, Metallicus. And then their the swamp barons are back. Thungo, not Thungo Metallicus, is it? Oh well, uh, the plant was. Uh, it's a uh, slightly similar, okay. I think. But okay. it's uh, but it's it's its own planet now. Ah, perfect. And I wonder if they actually going to keep the mission of uh, capturing guns that can kill doors in the Son Mortalis game <laughs> like they had last year which is a lovely mission yeah that sounds but awesome I'm just going to read, read this through yep uh, the Swamp Barons and their Mechanicum sponsors never bent the knee further than necessary to Nathan's Imperium before it considered them compliant and moved on during the Great Crusade no hidden heretics or secrets from old night made them do this, but pure greed and mistrust of their neighbour's intent. Every insular and bound to turn on one another sooner rather than later, Horus' rebellion would spark a series of civil wars between the between factions, 
using the terms of loyalist or traitor as an excuse to turn on their former enemies once again. The news of fleets bearing down on Metallicus would spark an increased fervor in the fighting that had ground to a natural stalemate of the three earlier wars in just a few years had nearly depleted the manpower of the planet for all involved factions, leading to formerly neutral parties gaining ascendancy and sparking another planet-spanning conflict. Seeing a chance to prove their worth to whatever side they had sworn themselves to to before their saviors arrived were fortified positions against a hated enemy that would surely soon attack them. All parties involved threw themselves into frantic action at the news of a fleet arriving. Dun, dun, dun. Void stations above the planet was under control of different sides, but was unable to fire upon one another due to ancient mechanicus protocols and treaties overriding anything the Swamp Barons could have threatened their technocratic allies with. Landing, tru- landing crews was therefore an easy matter, while bombarding the, the opposing forced landing zones was out of the question. The war for Metallicus would be decided by boots on the ground, or more accurately, by boots sinking deep into its fetid mire. Awesome. There are currently no suggested games up, but they will be there, and I reckon that there will be a little episode from Northern Heresy about this sooner oh, rather than later. Just I think focusing so. on this one. I think so. I think I think I've uh, I've seen them. I've seen a, a number of game shots go up on Instagram. So I think they're, yeah, they're definitely. Yeah, I saw some also photos that Linus sent yeah, yesterday. Right. Where basically, I think we named it Team Toaster and Team Discbank because that's what uh, <laughs> they were assembled on. Yeah. Well, I named them that, and I'm gonna make them stick those names. <laughs> but then it was proper, proper swamp fighting, and the Rican Marines for Lions of Black Shields really look good on the swamp table. They really that. do. And I wonder if they're gonna reuse some of the scenarios from last year, or are gonna make completely new ones. It will be interesting to see. It's gonna be whatever, whatever the boys put together. We know it's gonna be awesome, and I, yeah, I look forward to seeing what they put together because that's gonna be. It's going to be a blast to see what they come up with. Yeah, and I've also heard saw read a mention of fleets, so there might be some better gothic for me to play. Oh, that would be that would be fun. That would be fun, and we're gonna we're gonna have some fun with that this weekend, aren't we? Yes, we are. Because that that, uh, that it's time for our event shoutouts, and uh, let's be fair. Right now, as far as we're concerned, there is only one. There can be only one. It is not Connor. It will not be Connor uh, McLeod and the Clan McLeod, but it will be Scandus, the burning of Scandus Prime, where all, all things, all things happen, all things, all gloves are off, the world shall burn, and the crazy shall very much ensue. Um, oh, sorry, guys, it's, it's a horrible cold I've got here. Uh, so yes, this weekend, Freddy. Shut yep. up. Freddie, give us a very quick, because we've been talking about this for months now, but give everybody a very quick overview of uh, of Scandus, the event, what we're doing, just as a quick reminder, and then we'll, we'll let them know how they can actually watch and interact with it this weekend. Uh, it will be a two-day two fucking megatastic horror series spectacular, and it's going to involve everything from Soul Mortalis, to uh, massive mega battles of 3,500 points where there's no 
restriction on what force org shards you need to use. Uh, so there will be big toys out. Get your toys out for the boys. Oh, and, yes. uh, yeah. And there will be heaps of other things going on with, uh, uh, with kind of conquest mode for, for the planet of Scandas. And there will be heaps of card shenanigans. There will be secret missions. There will be kind of narrative gaming where you complete like a somatalis mission and then you can affect the, the bigger fights on the table. Yep. And it's all in all, it's a, well, basically it's a team event. So it's traitor versus loyalists. So all the traitors versus all the loyalists on yep. separate teams. Yep. Because it's, it's all about the, uh, the narrative about the hobby and about having fun with everything. So uh, yeah, it's it's not all about smash and grab and who who's got the best kick-ass list. It's uh, it's about having fun and seeing who is going to take the win. It will it be the the loyalists or will it be the the brave and strong forces of the Warmaster? Uh, yeah. So yeah. we wield the sword of Scandis. Exactly. Uh, and uh, you need to follow this to see if Nicholas will get his name on the, the winner plaque yet again. Yeah. Or will he will he see himself? Uh, well, will he? Yes, will he get? Actually, you know, this is this is the the showdown at Scandis. This is the the throwdown in the throwdown in the in the hut. This is basically Max versus Nicholas, who is the worst player, who will get the bottom but, prize. But that is uh, also hangs on if Norwegian folds or not. Oh, because Norwegian Max there. have already put one airline out of business this week. That's true. He has. Uh, so let's hope it does unfold and that he's able to, uh, yeah, manage it to uh, to actually make it over here. Especially as he's got stuff for me to bring over and because we want him back. Because he's awesome. He's fun. So get your ass in gear, Max. Don't fuck up another airline. That's all we're saying. Uh, so is there anything else we want to say, gentlemen? Yes, there is. There is. Yes. This weekend, you can follow us on Facebook. We will be doing live streaming of games. We will try and do some live interviews of the players. We will be doing our best to put up pictures every second of the day as we go along. And there will be some other stuff happening. But keep an eye on our Facebook page and you will be able to join in and watch what is going on at Scandus. We will be doing the prize draw live on Sunday, the 8th of October, for the Night House raffle. So get your tickets in. And uh, yeah, watch out for the shenanigans because my God, there are going to be some. So uh, yeah, that's what we needed to say. <laughs> and we can also say, and stay tuned for information on uh, next year's Heresy Event Series that will oh yes be this might be spoiled during the weekend or definitely during the weekend it'll the week after. It will definitely it will definitely get spoiled. It will be awesome. It will it will be spoiled for a good good thing good reason. It's going to be fun. So, yes. Freddie, anything you want to say, my friend? No, I'm too... Engrossed in the painting. painting. (laughs) (laughs) That's how hardcore we are. We hobby, we hobby, we podcast, we hobby all at the same time because the heresy train has no breaks. So I'm going to say for me, uh, as we record, it's a good night for me. And me. And me. And remember, guys, treat life like 30K. Be angry in the streets, be fulgrim in the sheets, and try not to lose your head. This is the Vragin Heresy Podcast. Shine at signing off. Let the body the the body the body the body